Do you know what? I don't know why, but when we were talking about it last night, it crossed my mind that if he was English, Brother Love would have been a Scouser. Can you imagine him? <laughs> it's like with a bit <laughs> with a dead Scouse accent with his rings on all his fingers and all that, like in his big red face. Like, it looks like, like he'd be an entertainer in Benidorm, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got like the British bulldog. Could do a Scouse version of Brother Love? <laughs> Live show <laughs> characters. British Brother Love. Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And Gareth's back, which means it must be a, a newsworthy one. Must be a lot going on in the wrestling world. Uh, call you in, big guns, Gareth. Get uh, get Matty in on the WWE stuff. Get you in, you in when there's lots going on in there. Uh, in AW world, and you only say yeah when you're doing well in the, in the fancy Premier League, so you can brag about it. In the <laughs> you know, we see through you, but we're uh, we're glad to have you, mate. It's uh, you know, it's uh, good to have you on the uh, on the main show again uh, after a little while. Don't worry, I see through you. See through you. You just get me on when you're bored of talking about the same stuff, and then uh... <laughs> get me get me on to, get me on to uh, give a give a different angle. <laughs> yep, pretty much it, isn't it? If you could, though, mate, that would be really handy. <laughs> Recook the old takes. Yeah, CM Punk is uh, is right. Um, Wembley's going well. Um, yeah, all here. <laughs> Sassy to show possible bad idea. That's why you're here. But you're also here to be the year on year man. I threatened on the uh, got a Patreon show coming out this week, which is the uh, the mega powers explode. I need to come up with a drop, which is like every time me and JP talk about ratings, I just play Gareth saying year on year um, to, to knock us back into uh, <laughs> into reality. That's the other reason you're here to uh, to police us. I like the idea of being omnipresent in that way. <laughs> just, uh, just this is big, like red buzzer or something like that. Hammer, as it said. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> just trying to channel you and your car mate driving around, forcing your poor kids to listen to me and JP, and just uh, arguing with your radio when we say something stupid. No, it was the um, it was the other week when it it flatlined. What was it? It was um, Omega against um, Vikingo. And you were saying about like, oh, we can actually like, you know, actually pay attention to the quarterly hours here and things. And I was like, yes, this week you actually can. <laughs> <laughs> Gave you a little, you were like, Gareth, before we go mad, I was like, no, I'll give you a give, give you a little nod of approval here. <laughs> but actually, for once, for one week of the fifty-two, this is actually uh, makes uh, makes sense to uh, analyze it at this level today. That was the one wrestling exactly. analysis brought together. That's what he loves. <laughs> uh, we we get you in, Gareth. It's more of like a quarterly check in on the uh, the health of AW. You know what's uh, what's going on over there. What are the uh, the big stories? And yeah, we won't waste any time this week. We'll get into the the big story as to uh, to why we've uh, we've got you uh, got you on this week. As it's uh, you know, CM Punk drama uh, continues as well as uh, the Wembley stuff we'll talk about, as well as uh, Dynamite. And me and JP have got some uh, some thoughts on uh, on Triple Mania and uh, Impact other show, New Japan other show. It's been a it's been a busy all week, but there is only one place to start, and it's uh, and it's CM Punk, and it's the it's the story that keeps on giving. Uh, me and JP did the weekend show on uh, on Friday, um, where we we talked uh, where we were up to uh, at that point. Uh, since then, and um, there's been. More reporting, uh, Andrew Zarian of Wrestling Observer Live, um, specifically saying that he'd uh, he'd spoken to uh, to people uh, involved um, at 
at uh, Warner um, and that they basically confirmed um, that they believe CM Punk um, is going to be involved in the uh, in the new Saturday uh, AEW show. Uh, there was a bit more detail in there as well um, about the fact that uh, it looks like um, Kenny Omega has maybe, maybe changed his mind a little bit when it comes to working with Punk or maybe is leaning in that direction. But the Young Bucks are... Uh, are outright saying no still, um, and unwilling to uh, to work with Punk going forward. And Azarian also also noted as well that the uh, the brand split that's uh, been talked about for this Saturday show, which just sounds like CM Punk and his three friends on one show, so Dan Housen, Brody King, and like one other guy, and everyone else on the other show. Um, he, you know, we've all kind of been thinking of it as uh, we talked about on the weekend show as a bit of a, a soft brand split, but Andrew Zarian saying he said the, uh, the network at least believe it's going to be something uh, a bit more solid than that. And yeah, overall, uh, yeah, a bit more detail on uh, what that Saturday show is going to be, um, which sounds like it's going to be more of like a, you know, a dynamite equivalent, a primetime um, Saturday, uh, 8 p.m. show based on uh, everything we pieced together. And yeah, allegedly going to be built around CM Punk. And of course, uh, the program we all want, which is Chris Jericho and CM Punk, as uh, Azarian uh, reported that uh, with with uh, Kenny not be, being lukewarm on work with Punk, with the books not wanting to work with him. Good old company man Chris Jericho may well be stepping in, and we've wished on this monkey's paw, Gareth, to get a get CM Punk back, and <laughs> we're getting an additional AW Saturday show, <laughs> and we're also potentially, um, if this report is true, getting a few with Chris Jericho. I mean, uh, is there anyone out there who's excited for that other than Chris Jericho himself? <laughs> like, <laughs> I really hope that part of it turns out to uh, to not be the case, but a lot going on there, Gareth. What's been a uh, reaction to uh, to all of that and uh, all of the drama and the uh, the swinging things over the uh, the last week from us uh, not thinking Punk was uh, ever going to come back to it being pretty much a, a near certainty now based on this report. What do you mean? Never thought Punk was going to come back. I refer you, <laughs> gentlemen, to the uh, year-end uh, episode with the uh, kit where it was Will CM. The question was, Will CM Punk wrestle for WWE this year? And I said, no, but oh, he'll wrestle for yeah. AEW this year. So I've come on just for this victory lap for one. When this <laughs> <laughs> inevitably happens in, a, in two. Don't worry, you might have forgotten that, but I haven't. Um, <laughs> year on year. <laughs> but like, it's just, I mean... At the end of the day, it's like the the most exciting news that you can that you could possibly have. Like for me personally, over the la- over the last couple of weeks, as this has kind of like evolved and come to the come to the fore a bit more, and like there's naturally like unexpected stuff here that you never even thought twice about, like the additional TV show and and, and all that side of things. But I think just the idea of just you know them being in grown-ups backstage and working something out one way or another that means CM Punk comes back to the company, it can only be good. But, you know, for, for me on a personal level, like even though being a massive CM Punk fan, you know, back when we were discussing this back end of last year, you know, I was saying I wouldn't bring him back just for the pure basis of why would you bring one person back to the company who's going to piss off, you know, 10 20 people who are like influential to you to your the products the math you know the maths don't don't work almost of you know why why would you do that just for the benefits that punk brings but mm. if they've managed to sort something out where there is that kind of a bit more warmth kind of people have met in the middle a bit you know they're setting like you know viable boundaries and things like that around things like fucking hell same punk being back we saw this what happened from a ratings point of view we saw what happened from a match 
quality point of view, what Punk was involved in, the feuds that he was involved in, and the, again the the better level of storytelling that was involved because of you know his his own personal kind of like pride and control over certain things and that. It's it's only good, only only good for the product. And then, like I I I mean, you'll kick me for this, Benno, but like the whole thing. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying the whole thing is a work or something like that. But I strongly believe that a lot of what's filtered out in the last couple of weeks and some of this stuff that's coming out to like the news sites and things like that. I think they know what they're doing. I think they've got an agreement in place. I think they know who's working, you know, who's happy with who and things like that. I think they're over-egging the pudding in certain areas of like a bit of conflict still and things like that because if he's coming back to the com- company, you want that feeling of conflict because it's a fucking money feud, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's like it's there is a huge amount of money to be made on the table, you know, and, you know, you get into the thing with Dynamite later from this week, but you got that more serious Kenny this week you got the you know you've you've got the serious nature of what's going on with like the Blackpool Combat Club in the last few weeks and things like that if you've got a fucking serious CM Punk coming in as well and you know suddenly there's it just feels like there's you know what is it the old Jerry Jarrett the personal issues draw money kind of thing it just feels like there's something there where we've always talked about how do they get over the hump how do they get to the next level get more eyes on the product and things JP's always been the advocate of a fucking good story kind of like something that's really like engaging compelling story this is it it's right there in the laps and like I couldn't be more excited sorry I'll stop talking mm-hmm. just realize I've rabbited on there for about no, five that's why <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, mean, I, I definitely you know me I'm, I'm more on the work stuff, I, I don't know. I, I think when Brandon Cutler did that tweet this weekend, where he quote tweeted that horrendous article that talked about CM, his CM Punk gaslighting AEW, and he oh. quote tweeted with something to the effect that, yeah, I, I mean, that's read Steph's article on that if you if you want the uh, you know the, the pushback on that. She did an amazing job on that on a, on a Substack. Um, just to look Steph's uh, Twitter up, Steph Chase on Twitter, but like, you know, the, the idea of like using that type of like abuser language to talk about like you know this stupid wrestling thing is just beyond the pale you know the, the people are using words like ptsd and throwing stuff like out there yeah. and yeah brandon th- i mean imagine imagine if something hard happened in any of these people's lives you know what i mean that wasn't their favorite wrestlers being mean to each other backstage like come on like get, get in the real world a little bit if they're if that's uh if that's who touch to grass yeah, yeah, I don't like that phrase because I get it gets used on me a lot, JP. But <laughs> yeah, there might be an uh, application here for that one. Imagine if they were a Brett fan in '97 or something like that. Like, okay. <laughs> Christ, that's the big split here, I think, as well. Like, as as like fans, because like I am, you know, I'm, I make no bones about it. I am a big CM Punk fan, but I can also admit that CM Punk has done wrong in this situation. I think CM Punk. As me and JP have been talking about, is the primary instigator of this entire thing. Um, I don't really care that Hangman Page said a, a throwaway line about Cook Cabana in a promo. You know, it didn't warrant. You know, the, as we've gone over, you know, CM Punk's, uh, you know, completely breaking the script and calling out Hangman Page on a dynamite that you know didn't have Hangman Page uh, scheduled for through to the brawl out stuff. Like Punk's entirely in the wrong, but at the same time, you've still got to kind of realize he's in the wrong for a very silly situation it's a bunch of wrestlers getting into a fight backstage and 
saying mean things about each other, it's really not that serious. <laughs> like it's it's it doesn't sound like a great working environment. There's obviously blame to go around on all sides. Punk should have been dealt with more sever severely. You know, Tony Khan probably needs to, to step in more. It shouldn't have been allowed to fester and be what it was. But at the end of the day, that's the level of people. Are, I think I saw a Snowboy tweet about it. Like people are treating it like it's nine eleven. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's brawl yeah. out isn't that isn't that big a deal in the grand scheme of things? We've been saying JP try explaining it to to someone who's a non wrestling fan and having them not, not laughing your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any sports fan as you've been saying JP explain to them like oh yeah some people some people are the, you know to Chelsea. Yo, what happened with it with Mark? Was it Mane and uh, and Sano who got into like a fight the other week? Like they'll be playing again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not it's not Craig Bellamy twatting you with a golf club in your bed. I was going to say, <laughs> I think like John Hartson would have been hung for yeah. kicking Ial Berkovich right in the face as well mm. at West Ham training ground. I mean, it's yeah, it doesn't work because it, it, it's you know I, I I mentioned you can't justify going up and twatting people, but again, there's a whole big kind of like what happened, how did that start? Like you know, you all the things you mentioned about punk. Other reasons why ultimately he's kind of he's popular and he's a draw is that because he's a dick and because he's a dick he brings out an entirely different level and reaction to other people, mm. but he also works his ass off and mm. creates compelling TV and is a mm. compelling character there as well. So, like I think bringing him back and this is where I'll get into like the the EVP stuff. The fact that the buck if the bucks say oh, I don't want to work up fine. Fuck off then. We'll put him against Omega in the big boy program. Brilliant. And stick your trio shit up your ass as well. <laughs> Not even worry about that. Like, seriously, like I know people get quite excited about it. That for me is like a novelty match. Mm. Which, you know, will have all the various kind of in jokes in the world, but it's not something that I get excited about. The idea if you bring back punk because I'm sure, you know, Gareth will get into this, is when you're looking at where they are. Do they need that boost that Punk gives? Yeah. Like on the US domestic TV front, he does. If you have Punk back and tickets are going on sale for Wembley and he's in a meaningful match, mm. you know, is that going to help sell tickets? Obviously. Because it may come a lot of people of like, well, it might be the last chance to get CC and Punk live. I'm pretty much taking it that way. I fully yeah. expect him to be like, I can't see myself going to a WWE show if he, if he ends up going over there. Or, Should they back December? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'll have been suspended and come back. He'll be on like yeah. a combat like that. He'll have done a stupid stage dive and he'll have fucked yeah. himself up again. Yeah. But I, I was going to throw it back to you, Gareth, on like the, on the, is it a work front? Like say, the Brandon Cutler tweet gave me a little bit of pause because it felt, you know, the way he tweeted it and deleted it. I just can't, I, can't, I almost can't buy a wrestler buying this gaslight and stuff to that level, but maybe they are. Let's take it as red. If that is true like the other report that we were talking about you know on, on friday is that like you know it sounds like the reason this jericho punk program might be what happens is because jericho is willing you know biggest worker in the room to get around the table with punk and put himself mm. in that situation if we take this as red and it's kenny in the book saying no we're not we're not willing to even have the conversation what do you think to that guy you know as evps like does that add more weight to the fact that they should probably be grown up here and, and at least be willing to listen. Like it sounds like things are moving in the right direction, but if the reporting is accurate, like and, and a lot of it as well, we talked about you know 
Punk and FTR are like trying to do a bit of a PR flame war right now, and they're trying to drive people in that direction that makes the books and Kenny look like the bad guys. But there is a nugget of truth in there, is there not? That like as EVPs, they should probably want to get in this room if it's the best for the company as a whole, despite their hate feelings and you know everything that happened um, at the end of last year. I mean, it's ridiculous that they don't like if you, if you're that petty, you know, like at the end of the day, like with my my business like mm -hmm. work work kind of thing if there's somebody who's grapple. like shoot, shoot work <laughs> yeah 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 non non grapple commitments uh, 400 people who work on the grapple app uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um with the but like if there's somebody who was like really fucking good at the job and they're bringing in loads of money and you fucking hate them like mm. You fucking what, what, you get rid of them? No, of course you don't. Mm. You just you just like tolerate them, don't you? You just you just be a fucking sensible grown up. Now we're talking about wrestlers, so the idea of sensible grown ups completely goes out the window immediately. You know, on on that basis, and you know, obviously bruised egos and thin skins and and all that side of things. But I mean, I just don't buy it. I I, I do not buy that carny wrestling folk don't see the money that's on the table with a Kenny Omega or elite CM Punk feud. And like, if they're, if, if uh, to me personally, I just, I just read this and I'm just like, I'm just not buying it. Uh, to me, it's just like putting more coal on the fire here of, of like setting something up for, for further down the line. They will have a match. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent convinced of it. They will feud. They will draw like big money together. And I just, whether or not, I'm not necessarily saying when I say like it feels like a work, it's not like it's some perfectly constructed thing that's like you say this now and you say this now kind of thing. But I think it's very much like I I feel like they know what they they know that that is the destination because the money is the destination. If this wasn't, there is literally no other reason to get you know, you know to iron out those 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 circumstances. What what they're going to do? Never cross paths ever again. Like to that's the, the thing big, with the Saturday show, isn't it? Like you, know, you, you can put punk on Saturdays, but does I mean they're still gonna have to beat at the pay per views. Still gonna have to, yeah. they're still gonna see each other. But I would say I'm wondering if JP is about to cut him with the same point. The pro the only thing is it's not the ACs. So it's like I think we all think that as wrestling, like, oh, they could draw all this money together. Does it actually make a difference to their paychecks if they work with punk? Like they they're if they're going to be, they're selfish enough to not want to do this, or no, not maybe selfish is the wrong word. Like they think they're right in morally taking a stand and not wanting to work with punk i don't know if there's that same argument as, the, as there would be it's not like they get do they get points on the pay-per-view if if they work with punk is it is it like it used to be you know what i mean like a brett and sean that made sense i think in this modern landscape i don't know on that maybe not on an individual level but if they if if that is the thing that puts a cons consistently puts three hundred thousand viewers on dynamite each week or it makes this saturday show a success or it increases pay-per-view buys by 30 percent or something like that when if AEW's revenue for the year is now x when it could have been at a smaller level when it comes to contract renegotiations bonuses and things like that there's all that justification for them to be able to go well we're worth more money and we've shown you that we've drawn that that more money and you, you know that side that side of things as well if you're contributing at that higher level and who knows what these fucking evp contracts are based on i by person you know i've said this before i personally don't believe they're fucking anything more than a fancy title i don't believe for a second that they've got any like corporate significant corporate responsibilities or mm. you know anything 
like that. It, it was it was just a word to throw at them, probably to get them to sign on the dotted line on day one. When like you know when we you know when you read stuff, it wasn't as foregone conclusion that those lads were all going to sign for AEW as everyone thinks it was that they were going to sign for AEW. And I think Kenny as well needed a, a bit of convincing and security and things like that to to make that decision. It, it to me it just feels like a it's a something else that you know tick on the a tick on the on on the box but you know you, you see a lot of people talk about these evp job titles like you know i i i don't believe that they've got a significant influence on the day-to-day runnings of business st- strategy within some company owned by multi-billionaires who have you know, you know mm. they're not just suddenly referring to oh kenny what do you think what's <laughs> kenny's opinion in the room like uh, yeah fuck, fuck that yeah He's not head developer on the video game and stuff. He's effectively giving he is, like informed feedback, but really that's what he is. He's a, he's a play tester. He's a play tester. <laughs> um, is what he is again with the, the kind of fancy title. I mean, J Pop brings up the interesting, and it does have to be mentioned in here. If and this is where we get into the idea. If we work on the assumption that that Punk, he certainly initiated the argument that led to the brawl. Did he swing the first punch? I mean, that's always the thing that's kind of like. The, the brawl between them. I think it's, it, it generally is regarded, but we'll never really know. And obviously it's kind of tied up within kind of legal issues as well. I mean, if they felt that badly about it, like in essence, wouldn't they have, why didn't they take this further then? Like if they feel like this guy is a danger, that's the problem on here is, is, is does this come down to like a clash that's like, actually we feel in danger around this person, in which case you can't, why are you bringing him back? to be seen as some like threats to the locker room in that mm-hmm. regard. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, the idea of them not getting on, it's one wrestling's one of those weird worlds where it makes for better television. It makes for a better product. Sean and Brett like made it fucking big. And then we had Austin to kind of come in and and, mm-hmm. and sort of like take over, didn't we? I mean, but the, these were always things that that have sold and you know, having him on this brand split is more worrying. I mean, I think when you mentioned about the Saturday TV I show, I hate the I hate the idea of a of a brand split. I Can hate it I like the because the brand split so Vince McMahon is it? I know I do yeah. it too, but it's like those just love your brand. No words mean brand split. What's that? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's been indoctrinated in us on the TV. It's like blue sky thinking. Yeah, BS thinking. Bullshit. <laughs> it's oh. yeah. It's they're the things that really worry me mm. because he's booking this program on the Saturday. Totally gone. <laughs> no, the booker of uh, of no. uh, of ROH Dark and ROH Elevation. Oh wait, sorry. Well, <laughs> I see the name Collision. It feels lazy. Let's be honest. After Rampage and after Dynamite, whatever the <laughs> fuck <laughs> Dark Elevation is like. Mm. It you is, know what's a dark it, elevation? Good point. <laughs> don't know. Dark is elevated. What? Pitch black? What? I mean, how dark are we going here? Like, <laughs> I don't quite get it. Um, it, it. It's yeah. It feels quite lazy. Mm. My fear is even with Punk on it Saturday night, they're up against a lot. Now it's prime time, so it makes you wonder. And like Gareth mentioned, they've added on and said about this on the Friday show. They've added on so much TV. Mm. that at this stage, like the amount of money they're able to bring in, they are able to kind of, you know, 
offer those like in the contract negotiation season. This is going to be an interesting thing for those people who they're fielding offers from. They're going to be a, have a bit more cash to throw in the direction of an MJF towards the end of the year and, and whatnot. So it's that thing where from a business perspective, it's great. From a creative perspective, if they go down the WWE route of following the same format and the same type of show, just done over an extended amount of hours, then it's it's going to end up falling into that pile where Ring of Honor on on Honor Club falls in. Where I don't yes. see it. You watched any ROH, Gareth? <laughs> I, I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of it. When I was just put, when I was putting it onto the app, like my intention was, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to give it a go. And then I started putting it on the app, and it was just like, you know, twenty matches a show or something like that. And I was just like, like, why, why, why have I got time to just watch Dark Elevation again and again and again? It's, it's, it's all it feels like, just list of random matches with the occasional title match thrown in, thrown in the mix, like just pointless, screaming out pointless. of ROH for like. Another mind, just anyone, even if it's fucking Cutie Marshall, even if, just anyone, like grab anyone with any booking experience backstage. You run it. You tell me how you do mm. it. You know what I mean? Just give us something different because it just it comes across like knackered on a on a Wednesday night after he's already taped the dynamite. Tony Khan putting some stuff, writing stuff down on a notepad. You know what I mean? That's that's literally what ROH. And there's things on it I'd, I'd like to see, like the, the main event this week. There was an Aussie Open tag that sounded like it was good. That was on a one-hour show that was formatted different to Dynamite. I might want to watch it. Two hours or the threat of however long Tony Khan wants to go. Probably not going to tune in, and I haven't. And that's, I think that's true. 12 matches and stuff. There's been no reason to watch it, and that's it, 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 it's 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 not booked though, is it? Then in that in that in that instance, like I don't hear, I don't like go on Twitter and then see like a timeline of people talking about like oh this feud or this storyline, and so I just see a great big list of matches, and then occasionally there's one, and it's like oh it's Shibata against Claudio or something, and you're like oh that looks interesting kind of thing, but it's just in isolation, yeah. isn't it? And a big list of matches, mm. so so it's not even. You wouldn't even call it booked, would you? It's just like yeah, auto yeah. booker or something. You know, it's just like throw just, played, uh, yeah, just throw, yeah, just just throw 12, 12, 24 names in and just draw them out of a hat. Basically, that's what it feels like. It doesn't doesn't seem like there's booking beyond that. That's what's worrying about it because it's like you know this Saturday show. Like there's definitely weeks where I watch Dynamite and think, oh, I'd, I'd take another hour of this, and I, I you know I don't think I'd ever want that. But I don't think AEW are going to go that route, which is, you know, as we've been talking about, Gareth, what WWE did. You know, they added the third hour of Raw. They've made untold millions since, so they'll argue with you that was a good business decision. But as fans, looking at it from a creative point of view and just an enjoyment point of view, like even your most hardcore WWE fans like Matty don't watch the three hours of Raw anymore. I think this is a little bit similar. Like, can, if it is just, you know, and it goes, goes back to the name, I'm 100%. My, the theory on that name is, and I'm pretty sure it's true, is it's whatever Tony Khan called his EFED TV show back in the day. So that tells me it's Tony Khan. It's, this is going to be another one of those Tony Khan projects, whereas he's shown in the past, he's not willing to let go. And he is going to try and take on another two hours of primetime t- TV on Saturdays. And it does, like, as much as I'm excited for punk. As much as I'm sure, you know, in the first few weeks, like when Rampage started, it's going to be a bit exciting. Is he going to do the same thing he did with Rampage and lose interest? And how many promises are we on now where he's going, oh, you know, Rampage is, Rampage is, we're going to, we're going to have some more big matches on Rampage. You, you keep watching. We're going to sort it out. And then he never sorts it out. Like, how long till it ends up on that pile? Like, with ROH, with Dark, with Elevation? Like, I'm not sure on this Saturday show, Gareth. Like, is it, even just as a fan, just that extra two hours of commitment for you, Gareth, you know, you're always talking about 
trying to catch up with Dynamite and you know before you come on here, it's a it's an extra two hours of first run content that like you're almost going to be expected to to watch if you want to keep up with the product. I, I always feel like when you start to get into the territory where you, there's things happening on shows that you might not be able to see or something like that, and so you're missing out, then you start to feel like I'm missing out on an element of the storyline. And it then it affects you sort of like wider watching as well, because like you just end up like, oh, well, I've missed that. So it's kind of diluted something that you then do watch like a week later. You don't quite get it. You're not quite as engaged and things like that as well. So, you know, I think there's a, a big danger. You look at things and you think, okay, well, if, if you're somebody who's already going like, oh, I'm, I'm picking and choosing whether I watch Rampage or not, then like, then are you going to sack off Rampage? Because there's, it's on, there's a different show with better stuff on a Saturday for a time period. Like, you're probably going to, aren't you? Can't, can't. So that's just going to affect the Rampage um, rating overall. You know, the, the proportion of people who watch absolutely everything is probably going to be podcasters at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, like, uh, they're very, that very small uh, proportion. But there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that he can book and sustain something that is has going to have any element of longevity beyond Dynamite. He struggles to even get Dynamite to compelling for a consistent period of time as well like i just i just feel like i don't know it's like if it's more money coming into the company and stuff like that sometimes there's you know we talk about like quality control at like a niche level sometimes you've got to think of quality control at an overall strategic level as well and sometimes you know less is more some you know sometimes and like too much is incredibly too much in, in in certain instances and when it's when you start to get to the point that you know you can't put stories out there that people are, you know, finding compelling, wanting to watch, that it's like taking your eye off the ball in other areas and things like that. Then, you, care. you know, we, we talked about with New Japan, it just takes like one or two things that just like it go a bit wrong and suddenly you get that snowball effect. It, to, mm. you know, th- it, it carries on into other areas as well. So it's a definite, um, it's a definite concern for me. Like, um, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about the idea of punk coming back and having something that's very, punk focused or he's he's definitely central too but um but its own it being its own tv show and its own extra entity that um you know needs to sort of be put in the mix it feels a bit bret hart on thunder to me (laughs) yeah that's the obvious comparison isn't it it's thunder like it's it's that it's that extra couple of hours of like first run stuff and it's like what what are they is that is that the comparison i mean i suppose SmackDown worked, didn't it? Overall, I can't say yeah. the brand split worked. Um, again, that fucking phrase. The roster split worked. I can't. You know, they. How many times have they gone back and forth on that? You know, they've 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 reset things. They've got another fucking draft coming up in a few weeks, haven't they? And then, yeah. without fail, they lose interest in it. Like again, Classic that's Vince. another thing. I could imagine Tony Khan thinking is a really good idea, but how long is he gonna stick to that? Um, I don't know. Is that, is that the best one for one comparison? There's definitely elements of Thunder here, though, as well. Yeah, it, 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 there really is elements of of like Thunder for this because I suppose what Rampage turned out is not really to be Thunder, but more WCW Saturday Night. If you want to think of it as like like as a the kind of spin off um, of that, and it's mm. you know if they were going to do something brave with all of this, and something that we spoke about on Friday. Like, for example, the idea of Rampage being like an all-women's show. Just so it is different and it stands out and it feels like something distinct. And then, because you you should be able to experiment with it. That would be a, a good place for it. The idea of running separate crews doing different parts of the country 
and perhaps areas they haven't really been to, so they've got a bit more growth. That, like, in theory, sounds very good. The idea of all of this falling onto one person to deliver all of this and a strategic direction and a creative direction from it, I mean, let's face it, that's what Vince did. And this stuff's sentimental. Like, you re- like this is... And I Isn't don't it know mad t- that he just... He, he can't, like... When can't he, I delegate. Remember when, remember when he was first asked about ROH? I couldn't believe the answer when he said, no, I'm going to book it. Of course I am. I used to book it. I used to book multiple E-Feds or something like that. He kind of, he tried to say it. it. was like, what? That's the mind of Tony yeah. Khan, isn't it? He's, he's actually quite similar to Vince McMahon in, in that way. Their TV deal is going to be worth, like, quite a substantial amount now. I think I'll say 45 million on what they were doing before. And I think I might well have included the battle and the battle of the belt specials, which have meant zero in the fucking scheme of things. Now they're adding on like between all access and this other two hours of collision. You could be talking about that yearly deal going up to like 70 million. And the like. that's a massive win financially. We can't let that get it's lost. Massive, like we're talking yeah. from a creative point of view, but we're not saying AW's going out of business because of this. Cause well, AW's going to be doing the best business they've ever done because of this most likely and going into the tv rights negotiations they've got a lot of content and also other shows to shop around but to be honest like the way and i felt this way about wembley that that's going to be on max which is the new like kind of rebranded hbo max because of that terrible hbo name that was always a dirty word hbo for <laughs> fuck's sakes of all the brands to keep like that one just meant class just like yeah. a cut above everything else nah not going to have that in there i mean it's 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 fucking ridiculous um mm. that the idea of like if, if it's going to be on that they're going to have that relationship that's kind of bedded in but it's going to be a big 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 money contract and if their stuff goes on to this max service as well like they've got more content in order to shop around to try and have like a mini peacocks you know mm. type kind of presence or like mini like WWE on Peacock, have that present as part of an overall yeah. Peacock package. It's very clearly a win from like a, from a business point of view. Got to put on your business head on. Like clearly things are rosy with them and Warner. Like clearly, like they they must. You know, the idea that they're giving them that extra hour to dynamite now they're giving them a prime time Saturday show. I mean, we won't talk about ROH. That's apparently a dirty word. Anytime uh, Tony says the word, like JP always says, says the words ring off, he gets thrown out the room. Like, you can't even get through the sentence when he brings that up. But on the AW side, like, clearly they're loving him. Clearly, like, this is a you know, a well functioning, happy relationship. You know what I mean? It, despite you know, maybe. You know that that slip that we'll talk about year on year, and despite the you know maybe our concerns for Tony Khan as a booker going forward, doing an extra two hours from a business point of view, like this is this is massive for them. Yeah, but I mean, it's it is. I, I, my concern would be an element of short termism of it, and thinking about like the 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 deals. My like my concern is like things getting too spread too broadly and diluted too broadly and Tony Khan's mm. focus getting spread too widely that things are a bit too thin and it becomes an element of short-term success, long-term, what's the long-term impact of that kind of thing? And I think, yeah, while, while balance sheets are going to look great initially, you know, ultimately longer term, they have to be able to deliver on it. And if it ends up in, oh yeah, here's another TV show that's started well and then absolutely tanked to like dire figures within a 12 month, 18 month period. It's looking like 
hang about we've got this flagship dynamite show that's yeah okay that's the that's the core one that's where the the focus is it's declining year on year but nowhere near the the rate of rampage we had this show collision or whatever that's coming it's you know succeeded but if they're not able to maintain an audience at that time then again suddenly it's you're looking and you're going hang about that's going backwards that's going backwards that's going backwards you know it's 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 the overall picture that it sort of like creates from a from a long-term um, perspective and obviously you know that could, it, it all ends up in relative at the end of the day and stuff's you know worth what people are prepared to pay for it you know we saw wwe have significant growth <laughs> i was just going to say year on year just to sign on the vein is comment comment comes up on screen but you saw that with wwe for for years didn't you for the best part of the decade there when you know they were in decline and we were you know continuously pointing out oh Raw's not what it was five years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. The same with SmackDown. You know, you said about like SmackDown working for a long time. SmackDown wasn't working, was it? Until I got that Fox deal, and then suddenly the change of TV network there absolutely significantly boosted that audience, and it overtook uh, overtook um, overtook Raw. Even as they're not to the degree they thought it was. That their flagship show, but yeah, it didn't didn't achieve the the, the numbers that they they were they, they were talking of there. So, but. WWE proven there. People are still willing to throw money at a product that is in decline. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I, I just this is just where I get a bit nervous because I think if Rampage had been a proven success, or if Dynamite had been main, the Dynamite's quality had been maintained throughout 2022 to the extent that they were still seeing growth in TV audience then I'd have a bit more faith in it. But I just, I can't, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I have that nervousness. I just don't have faith in Tony Khan's ability to do one extra show and have it succeed. Like I, Because it, there's no evidence to suggest in the last 18 months that he's capable <laughs> capable of that on, on, on his own. It does need, it does need somebody else. And if it is, you know, this 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 is where you then come. Okay, well, if that's CM CM Punk show, then you think, well, I hope he's got his eye on something a bit more than his own feuds and things like that, maybe. And and I think that'll be the problem if the focus of it is Punk versus Jericho. <laughs> like, <laughs> can we not get the, Punk v Brandon Cutler instead? No, I think I prefer that. <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, we've got your feud. It's against obviously a legendary wrestler from Winnipeg. You'd be like, hang on a minute. It's like, it's Chris Jericho. Like, it feels like kind of just pulling that little bait and switch on on you for that one. I mean, it feels like, yeah, you know, Chris, all right, I'll put myself in the top run program in order for, to maintain a kind of like of a, a, a steady ship in, in all of this. It, it Unbelievable. Like that guy. Thing. Oh. Fair play. Yeah, like, that's the but, you've got to say that, hasn't it? You what a, like we say about Kevin Nash, what a worker. And I, my negativity on it isn't even so much in the in the in the face of like, oh, you know, Jericho's uh, he kills mid carders or whatever. You know, that the talking point is with Jericho. It's more just I don't want to see CM Punk and Chris Jericho have a match in two thousand and twenty three. <laughs> like, there's so many more interesting matches for both of them, interesting feuds for both of them. Like, mm. just picturing it, it just look just sounds unappealing, doesn't it? Just ugh, I don't really want to. That's not what something I want to watch. Like, it feels very WWE as well, doesn't it? You know, it's just eh, there's nothing fresh yeah. about it, is there? There isn't, and it's it's and who's not the, who's the, the baby face, by the way. 
Is, yeah. it, is it Jericho? <laughs> like, you know, like... Well, that's and that's it. It'll be like, well, why is this happening? Like, we're having a feud because the person, and this is where we go back to the Omega stuff, where mm. the people wanting that are, are going to want to see a specific type of feud and a very specific type of promo, and they're not going to get it. They're being you're kind of being fogged. Well, this guy's also a star, so we're going to put him into the mix for it, and it and it it will garner a reaction from a live crowd. I'm not convinced at all if you're trying to start a show, because let's face it, if it was kicking off with some punk Omega stuff, and this feeds into what Gareth had said as well, where he was thinking, well, actually, maybe that is the direction and this is a bit of a smokescreen to kind of like move away from it. Mm. If they were leading off with that, we'd certainly be watching the first few weeks. We'd be watching those interactions. If it's Jericho, it'll just be what? They're going to have a promo exchange where they both kind of call each other arseholes like for a bit, but it isn't the same type of like... You're the, a stooge the reason- to the sheets. Yeah, like- <laughs> Chris Jericho is not the reason why CM Punk has not been around that company for a really long time. So that doesn't make like kind of a good engaging kind of like wrestling storytelling, does it? No, and then selling no. him up as like, I don't like you because you're a stooge for AEW. It's like, well, isn't he meant to be like the leader of the big, one of the big heel factions here or something? Like you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's all of, it. yeah, it, it, it's just not, a, it's a very lazy fit is mm. what it is. Because it's not even like punk working with someone younger or newer or for a, a Swerve Strickland, for example, mm. which I know you'd get into that, but at least, hey, yeah, completely different dynamics. Like and you Gareth can do there. that. I can't be confused for punk. I think it was <laughs> just throwing it out there. You know, fresh name. I think so, and I think like there are things they could. But different is the crucial mm. thing. This isn't different. You're trying to attract a new audience, and you it's still it's CM Punk, Chris Jericho. Like mm. that's not really like kind of putting again putting your best foot forward. Mm. You might think so from a star perspective, but I mean for Jericho, you can't say he's. He's been very overexposed since he's been in AEW. He's been relentlessly on television. He's very, very rare. If he isn't commentating, he's he's always there. Mm. So, like, there's never a point of, like, oh, you know, the mythical casual fan. You're tuning in going, I wonder where Chris Jericho's been. You turn around and go, like, funny, he's all over fucking telly for the last few years. Like, this is – but it's it's not – yeah, it's just not – it's not getting me excited. I don't think you'll get any – then you'll get a lot of people excited. What I will say is exciting, and I'm sure Gareth will agree. While we might have like caveats about what Punk's going to do when he comes back, while we might have caveats about this Saturday show, it's all gonna... <laughs> so. J-Pop says here we all want to fill back, so we've got to eat our vegetables here, which is working with Jericho. Fair maybe fine. we do, but maybe that's a price worth paying, Gareth, for how fucking great it's going to be to watch this stuff as a fan and just. What there's a shit that is going to hit the fan this summer over all this. Like it's already started. You know the PR war that's going on with you know FTR boring or FTR border, whatever you call it, FTR podcast. Um, got, you know starting the flame wars on his uh, podcast that might be uh, stopping this week. The uh, the bad guys might have might have won there. You're gonna get Kenny in the books throwing their little shots out there. Punk's gonna come back to that locker room where it sounds like you know. 90 if there is a real roster spit 90% of the people uh, do hate him so he's going to end up with people who uh, who hate him regardless on that Saturday show it's punk so he's not going to be able I mean do you have do you have any any I don't know 
belief, Gareth, that this isn't going to happen again, that he's not going to have another blow-up, that he's not going to see Colt Cabana backstage and go into a flaming rage, or Jericho's going to say the wrong thing, or a young buck's going to look at him funny, or he's going to break his leg and then just go on on the manner of all tirades. Some shit is going to hit the fan this summer. It's going to be fucking entertaining while it lasts. I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. If he makes it all the way to Wembley and we get to see CM Punk wrestle at Wembley, it'll all be worth it. Do I think he'll be there, there past then? Do I think he'll still be in the company in 2024? I think I'd probably take the odds that he's not going to be because shit's going to happen because of this. And it's going to be, you know, maybe it's the wrong attitude. It's going to be all the more entertaining, even if it might not be uh, fully reflected in the uh, the on-screen product. Oh, is he frozen also, there, Gareth? Smiling at me there. I thought he was just <laughs> smiling there as well, but apparently not. He, it's going to be a fun summer, isn't it, JP? We'll like that jump back. It will there. be a, a fun summer for it, and I fully expect, um, yeah, like him getting through twenty twenty four. Good luck, like <laughs> on there. It is. It, it's. It's one of these things where, like, you you, it's going to end badly, but it's going to be fun while you see it. But he does add. I don't know. This is always the funny thing with wrestling. I don't know. Harmonious dressing rooms make well for a smaller product mm. on like a kind of a niche scale. Mm. If you're wanting to go to the level they want to, mm. you need iron sharpening iron. And it means people mm. who aren't going to get on. And it's the same with any sports or entertainment franchises. You get in people who are better again and again and again in order to improve the overall standards. And if, you know, bringing back Punk is that price that we have to pay, is we have to see this feud with Jericho and the rest of it, which is going to be fascinating to see what his reaction to it is. It's going to be something that he enjoys on mm. it as well. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fun, mate. It's, pr- it's, so, just, it's, it's bringing Gareth, out the it's, best it's and worst be than everyone. He's disgusted. He's just given up on the show. <laughs> he's walked out of the room. No, it's gonna be it's gonna bring the best and worst out in everyone. You know, yeah. we're already seeing it with the different fan bases, and you know, the but you know, I, I make no bones about it. I'm a I'm a big punk fan, but I still you know can see the uh, the wrong he's done, and I can you know look at it objectively and be like, fucking hell, Tony Khan, what a brave move bringing him back and you know dropping this poisonous ingredient into your locker room. You know, I can I can I can be a grown up and see that. And, you know, I think that, you know, the elite fans and the people who are big into Hangman Page and that are obviously very strong in their feelings. But, you know, that that now that social war aside that's going to be happen. It's going to be, a, uh, as I throw back to Gareth, going to be a fucking entertaining summer, Gareth, to, uh, to say come around. Oh, no. So we lost uh, you. You were smiling. And I thought, oh, I'm making good points here. Gareth's loving this. And then it turned out you were just frozen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was still smiling, even though the camera's off. I knew you'd be saying good shit, though. Um, it was, um, it's, it's it's one of those though like it's like while i have that side of my brain that's like yeah i want AEW to be this really successful functioning wrestling company that is like something that i get to tune in and watch and enjoy every single week and gives me an alternative to the wwe and i don't want it to be damaged as a as a company and an entity and a product and things like that you can't fucking beat the other side of it, can you? This is what I live for as a wrestling fan. Like, I love the shit. I love people. I love people fucking like hating each other behind the scenes. I love the stories fucking leaking out. I love people throwing out little fucking barbs on their 
you know, ad, ad hoc, like ad lib fucking comments on interviews and stuff like that, knowing that there's like fucking shit happening in the back because it's what I was brought up on. It's like that was that is wrestling. That is you know the attitude here and that you know even pre attitude era. Just here, you you wanted those little snippets of dirt and things like that from the back, didn't you? That's a, that's what that's what I fucking live for. As much as um as much as you know wrestling's that. Do you want perfect harmony where everyone's fucking sat in the back like singing along to the same hymn sheet playing video? games with each other you know do i fuck like i want i want them fucking you know mm. egos bruised i want them at each other's fucking throats i want people fucking jockeying for position i want people like you know refusing to do jobs and things like that protecting their gimmicks <laughs> protecting their spots like that's yeah. that's wrestling like that's like that's the good stuff or you know that's the that's that that's you know that, that side of things as well so if we can get both hand in hand where mm. you can have like a situation where um, the TV product and everything like that is improved as a result of shit going on backstage, then great. If it involves, a, it ultimately ends in AEW disintegrating and becoming a fucking absolute non-entity in the wrestling world that no one watches anymore. Like, okay, maybe it's not that fun. That's <laughs> <laughs> why we're all hardcore fans, isn't it? At the end of it, that's why we all started buying Power Slam, reading the dirt sheets, you know. It's much as we we love what happens on screen. It's uh there is that uh that part of all our minds that we uh we very much uh enjoy that stuff. But I suppose we should move on to like a related subjects. We haven't had your uh, your thoughts on it on this either, Gareth, as I uh, attempt to load uh pwspyware.com, pwinsider.com. Um <laughs> what's the uh what's the Gareth take then on uh, on the on the little matter of uh, of Wembley? Um, you know, we've got uh, a little bit more info again since uh, since me and JP last recorded PW Insider uh, report. I think it's broke while we were on air um, on Friday, JP. That it's mm. now uh, fire as they uh, try to beat me uh, to death with adverts. This computer's going to blow up. Ease on um, this website on it. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, pitch. it's the no, worst. Isn't it? Um, I'll be quick. Mike, basically, Mike Johnson says fifty thousand uh, 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 people have uh, have signed up to the uh, the pre sale um, for Wembley. Um, he he then lines that up as being well. If he, if half of them buy two tickets, that's fifty thousand seats. We've talked about why maybe that argument might be a little bit flawed, but it's certainly encouraging and yeah, it drives home the main point of yeah, what you you know, being me and JP, I was shocked, Gareth, at, you know, when we first had the conversation about it on air about what we expected, and I was way low at 30, which mm-hmm. I definitely acknowledge now was uh, an under under underseller it, and JP was way high on the on the other end, you know, talking almost near sellouts. We're now seeing a, a little bit of data out there that interest is uh, extremely high for this thing. But yeah, what you make of the numbers, what you make of the announcement, what you make of the, the ballsy Tony Khan play to do this. Can you, as my uh, clickbaity title said on YouTube, can you all call this a success in here? 50,000 signups to, uh, to the pre-sale notification? Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but it's certainly looking that way, isn't it? That it, it might well be a win. Possibly. Um, I think when I first, when it first came out and I was listening to you, it was like, I think I was probably more in the JP camp, you know, where I think he was, uh, his, his term was that he was bullish about things. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm bullish too about this as well. And you seemed very, uh, um, erring more on the, on the, on the cautious negative side, like, uh, Benno, which I think, you know, it is like when I first heard Wembley, I was like, like what? Like my, my first initial reaction was, Mm-hmm. like that's impossible there's no like this this is gonna look awful <laughs> like kind of thing was my split second immediate reaction but then i think the more that i gave it thought i was like no actually i think there is the like feasibility for them to do something 
you know pretty decent here i think the i'd have an air of caution over those pre uh, over those registration numbers that have been uh, banded about everyone seems to be jumping over uh, you know onto those like that's like that's ticket sales or something like that. I seem to remember when Clash at the Castle came out that there was an enormous pre-sale number that was quoted for that, which, you know, um, ultimately didn't come to immediate fruition, did it? You know, they they did they were struggling, weren't they, at one point? They had to drop ticket sales, people getting moved and things like that as well. So it wasn't the, like, there wasn't that direct correlation between the registration for tickets and people actually, you know, buying, uh, buying the tickets. So, you know, I think there's... There's that air of caution that people need to to have around that, but I mean, I think there's just some other like metrics that you that you look at that just give you that air of confidence. Like, you know, I don't know. You're like, I, I was looking there, and over the last two months, you know, at like Dynamite viewership on ITV, averaging out at like 110k or something, um, some, something like that. Like over the last eight weeks, if that average is maintained through until Wembley, if they're like advertising, you know, on that you know show more thing you know buy tickets now buy them here it's only 30 pounds and things like that it's just like it's a it's a fucking lot of people to just get that kind of message consistently you know rammed down their throat and even if you like sort of building margins of error for like you know tv viewership things like even if you reduce that by like 30 percent, you're still talking about like eighty thousand people on average you know if, if, if it's 30 percent wrong that's still eighty thousand people who are you know um, watching it, which which again getting that consistent message. It's still a lot of, it's still a big audience for people to buy uh, buy tickets um, buy, buy, buy tickets there. You know, you guys have alluded to the international audience and people coming in from Europe and things like that very easily and things like that as well. So there's that proportion of it that's going to be you know potentially boosted um, there with that. You know, I, I look at other stuff and like I just think of things like when. I think like when the NFL first came or was first consistently coming over here to to Wembley, like a big thing was made of this fact that people in London just like to go and do shit. They like to go to Wembley to just do shit kind of, you know, because it's there on their doorstep. This big thing's happening at Wembley. It's unique, kind, you know, it's that kind of, you know, these people are just going to go along to experience it, you know. Oh, my kid will probably enjoy this kind of thing. Just drag it. There might not be some hardcore like AW fan. They're just somebody who's just going to go to something because it's it's there. And you like you even point to things like the Rugby League World Cup semi final, like was played at Arsenal Stadium, and there was a game like the following day, I think, in the north that was like thirty thousand, and the the Arsenal crowd was basically double that. There wasn't there wasn't sixty thousand rugby league fans turning up to that. There's there's just people in London just going to stuff because it's a big event, it's a big occasion, and just to be mm. you know for it to be something they're going to. So I I, I think I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they sold like five to ten thousand tickets to people just because they are in London and it's a big unique event that's that's potentially attractive to there. Like when you build on top of that and think about the fact that they've got like. There's the obvious tie-in with the Jags and the NFL and just like partnership access to like NFL mailing lists and stuff like that. There's non-wrestling audiences there that they can like just hit with like direct mail stuff there. There's obviously the Fulham list, Fulham stuff like that as well. They're sat on like big pockets of people who are used to going to events in and around London that have got kids. You know, how many times do you see like stuff like wrestling shows and like shitty wrestling shows on things like Facebook and things and you just see like Facebook mums going like, oh, we're so-and-so like this kind of thing and they're just taking the kids to it and things things like that i think people are underestimating that just that 
that side of the audience as well. Not everybody is this hardcore AEW fan watching it like week in, uh, week out. But on top of them Dynamite numbers, like the Rampage numbers hold up pretty consistent with the Dynamite numbers on on, on ITV as, as well. Mm. They're big, so so it's two audiences. There's going to be huge crossover and things like that. But there's a there's a fucking there's a fucking lot of people there within the UK who they can directly market to 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 you know to put a decent crowd in there like if they do under 60k when they're telling selling tickets at 30 quid i'd, I'd be really surprised i i think i think 60k is a, a very realistic amount for, for for them to to get and that'll look out it'll still look great you know the way they dress up the arena and the way that they position the seats and things it look it look amazing and sixty thousand. like imagine telling somebody three years ago Sixty thousand people are going to be in Wembley Stadium to watch some upstart wrestling promotion that's not WWE. You'd be like, "That is incredible!" Remember how people, how mental people thought it is when, like, the first All In happened and the crowd that they managed to achieve. Yeah. That was like, that yeah. was felt to be gobsmackingly amazing kind of thing that they'd managed to achieve that kind of thing. So, you know, if. If if any like God say if they did do sixty thousand and you had people there on Twitter or whatever saying oh, there's twenty thousand seats not been sold or something like that it's a failure fuck off like it, <laughs> what a mega 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 success that is is like a, a starting point to grow a fan base and you know continue to grow a fan base over uh, over here like it's mm-hmm. so exciting like like that like. How yeah. exciting is it? It's fucking mental. Like, I, can't, I, I can't get my around it that it's happening. <laughs> and I think as well that the, the, like it's becoming like a, it feels very very must see. Now, I know we exist yeah. in a bubble of, event. of wrestling fans, but it's a proper event. And mm. in post COVID world, I always bang on about this, and I think this plays like a very big part. The idea of actually, I want to go with this stuff. I want to go to this big concert. I want to go to this big venue. I want to go. Want to say it was events. there? Want to say you were there? And mm. for this one, there's only, there's only ever going to be the first one of these. And it's it, the key, though, and Andy mentions this in the chat, is the affordability of this. Mm. There has to be plenty of those thirty-pound tickets that are on sale. Five hundred ringside sounds ridiculously cheap, but mm. I wait for it. But this is the gate will be enormous, regardless. And yeah. also at the same time, it's about setting that precedent as well about what this is. And if it's an amazing show and it delivers the requisite kind of spectacle on that WrestleMania level then the next time you come back, you can charge the higher prices, but people know what they're getting into. And if it's and if it's been a critical success as well, they'll they'll come back. So like mm. there's it's such a such a fucking ballsy move. And it just didn't fit into the playbook of everything. But no. you know, and retractable roof eliminates any issue with what you might have had with with rain, which is always going to be the problem with doing any stadium event in mm. pretty much in the UK. It's a it's one of them. It's like if you'd have asked me six months ago, I would have said, Oh, maybe they should do Craven Cottage, but even then, oh, I don't know. Like <laughs> it's just been blown out the water. Like, you know, those ITV numbers you you quote, Gareth. Like I just maybe it's because I'm a cord cutter, but I can't help look at those numbers and go, ah, somebody's dad fell in front of the telly. You know, it's just it's on ITV, <laughs> they'll fuck up watch it. And I just there's just some part of me that refuses to believe that AEW has the footprint that 
it's starting to appear. It it hasn't in this country more than, than we thought. This is the first test. This is the first time you're going to get a lot of AW, you know, fans in one place. And it sounds like there's going to be a fucking lot of them. And to that point, it's the first time, you know, you look at what they did in Canada. You look at what they did when they first went to California. Like they're getting this one right. You know, our friends in Toronto were fuming when they gave them a dynamite and a shit rampage. Yeah. I think Davey's still trying to get, you know, should be still trying to get his money back off that uh, horrendous rampage he saw. And they left a lot of money on the table. They've gone with the ballsiest possible movie, and yeah, same as you got my very in, my very first reaction was like, "Fuck off, that's ridiculous!" And just every bit more of information that comes out, and the more you sit on it, it's a, it's an absolute masterstroke. I mean, is that is that where your prediction sits, Gareth? Is it? Would you say if you if you had to nail you down and, and give us a number, would you say sixty? Is that what you're thinking? Sixty k. I mean, it you know it depends on like when ticket structure comes out and things like that. But I mean that that feel I, I don't know. I just have that as like an achievable number in in in, in my head. That that's that that's a number that feels big enough to warrant being in Wembley Stadium, and doesn't feel small enough to be. I don't want to say embarrassing, but like to be a failure kind of thing. I think WrestleMania this week we've seen what a, a stadium with not many people in can look yeah. like. <laughs> I, I, I think I think forty in Wembley feel would that it wouldn't look good, even though it's a massive, enormous success. Like mm. just having that many bums yeah, on seats, success, but, yeah. but sixty feels like. Mm. This is a business success, and it's a visible success that looks like a show that like people were at, and like it was. Mm. It, it looks even more important still. Like to, to be honest, that's my baseline. I think sixty. I, I think I I would expect more than sixty, but I think sixty is the 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 minimum. The minimum. I I honestly think they'll achieve. Like I just keep thinking about more and more audiences. I think about like I don't know me as a student dragging my mates along to Mayhem in Manchester who fucking hated the wrestling who I lived with as a student and just like would be just like pissed off at me. But it was like they're coming it's at the arena. Come on, like can we go out? We'll have a few beers and stuff. And they're like, oh god, it'll probably be a laugh and stuff like that. And there yeah. you go. That that one wrestling fan suddenly there's four of them gone it's four tickets sold oh, it's only 30 mm. quid come on oh 30 quid go to Wembley like uh, like you know it's, it's little things yeah. like you don't I don't know things get thought of in very hardcore wrestling terms I think when when I think about this but it's just a day out for folk like, and then like kids I think someone in the chat just saying there as well if like yeah you're going to take you to take you two kids three kids kind of thing there you go suddenly there that, that ends up in four people going five people going kind, kind, kind of that's thing. probably what i'm going to end up a, a, a little cluster and like that get the magazine and they'll show you how to do that you know it's it's one it's it's, it's one person maybe who really wants to be there but suddenly that one person becomes five tickets and then when mm. it becomes five tickets and you know what actually it's only 150 quid and it's gonna it'll cost you 100 quid to buy a ticket to go watch Arsenal, one ticket or something like that, then suddenly yeah. the trade-off, you know, the trade-off suddenly is, oh, actually, it's I, a really good day out there. <laughs> I would say this is, even you know, as someone who go, I've been to Arsenal like a few times this year and seen the kind of culture change, there's very much, going to these big events is the new West End show. It's mm. just like, if you can't do a West End show, I'll do this instead. Like there is that element of like, fuck it, this is fun, it's on. Think of those tourists who don't like wrestling who end up in Arena Mexico every time when they end up in Mexico City. And there's there's absolutely tons of them. Why? Because it's the thing to do when you're there. It is. It, it's, but I'm like, yeah, like Gareth. I mean, I'd even go as far as saying I could see them doing the ultimate number over 70. 
Like, and I could be proven to be. I'll go 65, then let's just play it safe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's one of those quick shows even a higher level game. <laughs> I can see this. I can just see it spiraling. It's where the advertising is. It's those things like Fulham, for example. This should be all over their bill as soon as that pre-sale yeah, is out and tickets are out. Yeah. It should be all over that because that's stuff that goes on to international broadcasters all around the world, all around, you know, all around Europe and Asia, you want to be attracting those fans as well. And I would say as things about that, I mean, like if you're an Australian fan, mm. like you might be thinking of this as a as, as like a kind of a show. And again, it's just don't need to have fifty thousand Australians turn up. You just need a just need a couple, not literally two. Probably won't. You haven't got the Airbnbs for that many, mate. Your, your place <laughs> yeah. will be booked up. Jesus. Um, <laughs> well, I mean. What, whatever they do, what, whatever they do, to draw though. Like I, I keep looking at that like SummerSlam '92 quoted figure of like, um, you know, eighty thousand three five five. Whatever they do, I hope they quote it as like eighty thousand three five six. I just hope they, <laughs> they just quote the number as one more. <laughs> did you did you know that by the way? This is something I imagine JP would be on because Ian Andrew Dice Clay was on it on Twitter this week talking about it. I think our podcast inspired it that like the theory that like that's the number because if you look at legitimate WWE records. That mm. WrestleMania 32 one that the pretenders like over 100, like Meltzer's got it like 80, 82, something like that. Yeah. Like SummerSlam, he goes with that number, the 80 odd thousand one. But like, like Ian was saying, like, yeah, but you've got to realize it was all Wembley. People were probably like, you know, slipping five as the stewards and climbing fences and even to just visually look at the place. Now that Ian said that, I'm like, you know what? It probably probably was more that's a conspiracy theory i can buy to be honest going groups of liverpool so fans like, do we need to in, undersell a number in, in the habit on that one. well i could see it better groups of liverpool fans in the habit of wearing kind of <laughs> fake bbc equipment somehow sneaking them the bbc high-vis jackets sneaking their way into the oh. ground I was thinking you, mate, young JP with his geezer hat on, just sneaking into Wembley. No, did you not? You know, not tempted. I was sneaking into Wembley. Like getting to the stadium was hard enough back then because I cannot <laughs> again categorize how shit that stadium was oh. and just how a different world it is now. Never had the pleasure. <laughs> wank, wank. Yeah, absolute oh. shit. I like vehemently oppose the idea of a national stadium anyway. <laughs> but I think I think seat, seated there wasn't it. Old Wembley was like eighty two thousand, wasn't it? That was the capacity yeah. um, for mm. for like, and that is for like England football matches and stuff like that. So if you're talking about people on the floor as well, on the pitch, like, yeah. so, suddenly now you're thinking, hang about, <laughs> like, and no big stage. I, I've never, I've never even, I, I've never even considered this. It was literally just a, mm-hmm. an island. Pyro bill mm-hmm. needs to be through the roof with this. You need to be doing that mm-hmm. shit on an endless loop. Big yeah. fucking entrances, big proper entrances <laughs> as well. Like I say, if Nigel McGuinness is coming out to do commentary, he's being serenade. You know, he's got Liam Gallagher stood up there on the stage playing <laughs> fucking in the Gareth bush. Love that. The well, I know. Well, speaking of anti draws for Gareth, that's where I was going to go next. So Liam Gallagher there. What do you reckon they need? Drew mate? Do you reckon they need a, a good British starter to fill up? What do you make it? Do you, how, how impo- genuine question. Like I know <laughs> the idea of Drew turning his uh, his Twitter profile dark and threatening to leave, and it's got everyone going. Oh, maybe he's going to do the Wembley show. Like how much stock do you put in the car, Gareth? Like you know, when you talk about like the the makeup of not just being casual fan, you know, being hardcore fans, being you know, maybe people who are just going for the day out, that type of thing, like. Where, where where's your like line on this conversation of oh they need a British star oh they need that's Freya Mega in the main event oh they need Punk oh they need Sting's retirement I think me and JP have kind of settled on it's no one individual thing but you want enough 
different things that make it feel like the biggest card of all time in some ways, um, or just a, you know a real legitimate event. Like, where are you on that? Like, is there is there any truth to that? How much does the the card kind of matter here? And yeah, what would you expect? I don't think the Britishness matters at all. Mm. One one single bit. I think SummerSlam like ninety. I, I don't think Sam. I don't think I don't think SummerSlam ninety two was sold on the idea of Davy Boy Smith at all. It was sold on the idea of. Yeah, I know that ultimately became the the last show on the card. Sorry, last match on the on the card. But it was sold on the idea of WWF is at Wembley Stadium, isn't it? It's it's the Ultimate Warrior. It's Randy Savage. It's Ric Flair. It's Bret Hart. Like it, you know, it was sold on the the idea of these are you guys who are on your TV. And I think that's where this absolutely has to be. It has to be a genuine, realistic AEW product. So the biggest stars that you see on AEW are the ones who need to be on this show and featured prominently so you're absolutely you know assuming he's back by then punk's got to be there jericho's got to be there omega's got to be there the books have got to be there in essence it's just got to be a typical AEW pay-per-view at the end of the day where they you know where they they do cram fucking everybody onto onto the pay-per-view don't they you know they do you know everybody who should be on the pay-per-view is on the pay-per-view you know if you if you're saying to somebody there for 30 quid you can turn up and you can watch John Moxley, you can watch Brian Danielson, you can watch Punk, you can watch Sting, you can watch Darby Allen, you can watch the books, mm. you can watch Kenny. It's authentic. It's uh, and and it, and that's for thirty quid. That's for less than a progress ticket in the ballroom, um, you know. So it's uh, you know you talk you, you talk about actually you can see the biggest stars in the world outside WWE for mm. for, for for thirty quid. That this is what you watch. That's that's what you're going for. If Drew McIntyre's on the show or Drew Galloway uh, has, he's not. You know, what's is he? You know, moving the needle is ten thousand people more buying a ticket to come and see <laughs> AW because suddenly Drew McIntyre's on the. Absolutely not. Like absolutely not. Is there some value in him being on the card? Maybe, you know, I'm not his biggest, you know, I'm no big fan, but, you know, he's not going to be in a main event. He's not going to be in a prominent position. He's just going to be a, a guy who maybe you throw out there on this morning and some, like, people go, like, oh, yeah, I remember him from when, mm. you know, whatever. He's just a, he could be recognisable to some people, but yeah, he ain't fucking selling tickets. There's no way he's putting bums on seats, like, at like at all. And, like, it's, mm. and the danger is, is that you, if you do try and just go down that route of, oh, let's, you know, even with Osprey, for for us in our little microcosm yeah. of wrestling fans, we're like, oh, Osprey Omega kind of thing, or something like that, like amazing, like match of the year, or like bloody blah, etc. That's, I mean, the reality for me is that's probably going to be about less than thirty percent of the crowd is people who would be mega excited for that specific match, probably, and also. Yeah. Like, he also doesn't work. You know, you, you, you know exactly. He's not, he's not an AW wrestler. Why would he be be there? Just be, it'll be just because he's British, and then so then mm. you'd have to feature, get that artificial. You'd have to feature him into the into the product for the for the weeks to come, and and people like us, like we've seen, if you've seen him a million times in every setting under the sun, face everybody in like in the flesh for a tenner in a place with fucking a hundred people in the room, you know, kind it's, is, is it like, is it a pull for us to like, is it a difference maker for hardcore fans to go like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, now I'm going to go to Wembley because we lost praise on the card. Not at all. Like, that's not why, that's not why you, why you go and get going. Is it nice to, is it nice to have them on there? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
but not a I like it as part of the cocktail. I like it as part of the day. You know, you get a prestigious Osprey Omega match. I'm not going to turn my nose up at that match happening on this show. It's like it's the British wrestler thing. It's like you bring in a Drew. And then, like I say, the big argument's been, well, Osprey and Zach should both be on the card in big matches. Like, hang on, this is AW, not New Japan. Like, yeah. people are buying this as I've, keep, I've become a catchphrase now. They're buying it to see the thing they watch on the telly. That's what people. That's why people are going. They want to see that. And the, you know, there's absolutely a place for the British stars on the undercard. Someone we, you know, me and JP haven't given enough credit. Jamie Hater. Like yeah. Jamie Hater should get a massive spot on this card. You should use this to fo- put some focus on those types of stars because AEW do that when they go to you know they go to Pittsburgh. Britt Baker's all over the show. You know they go to wherever Darby Allen's from. Darby Allen's all over the show. Like that's a of recipes for success. You should be doing elements of that. Probably wouldn't go as far as letting Kip Sabian on the card unless there's some <laughs> kind of pre-show battle royal. But the pieces that you have, you should be using in that way. That's just it's common sense, and it pack should have something to do on the cards. Like yeah. these are characters who are part of the show, JP. These are characters who were there yeah. week week to week. Well, maybe not pack, but usually, you know, like that's that's what this should be for. And just artificially bringing people for in from the outside, like even Osprey. Like maybe if Os- the plan is down the road for Osprey to be an AW guy, well, that's a different matter. But like. I just don't think that should be your focus. Your focus should be on what's going to bring people to this show, and your focus should be on the the people who were on your roster. You know, the people who were who, who were there already, and maximize them kind of what you've got um, as part of this big cocktail of things. And Jamie Hayter is, you know, we've had the conversation about the the big British star. Jamie Hayter is the one that makes the most sense. Is completely. Mm-hmm. Could you see her doing the TV rounds and not like being able to act like a a normal human? And this is always, I think, the ultimate warrior test. Absolutely. <laughs> you could see her doing that, and you could see her story being something that people kind of really connect to. And yeah. she should be put, she should be the British star they're talking about at the end of all of this, because yeah. her role is incredibly crucial. Like, yeah. is like as women's champion for a division that for all the bumps in the road and everything else. It's how best you showcase her. My fear is they see her and Soraya as mm-hmm. the route to go down. Mm. we saw it suggested to us on Friday and I think actually the more I think of it the better one is weirdly go her versus Jade Cargill if you weren't gonna I thought you were going to say Nick Aldis somebody suggested that in our YouTube comments oh. <laughs> I think he's otherwise engaged now folks sorry <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I mean you know when the NFL come to town they don't just get oh we're going to get on some I don't know Jason Robinson a rugby league player from back in the yeah we'll get him in there if we did so, you know just getting loads of uh Loads of uh, British lads just for shits and giggles. They wouldn't wouldn't be going anymore, (laughs) like for this sort of stuff. In terms of Osprey's use on the card, that's a much more difficult one because it would it be great? Would he want to do it? Yes. The problem is the natural place for that rematch is the Forbidden Door pay per view. Mm -hmm. Like that's really where that should be. Mm. If he was on this card, it's difficult to justify some sort of big single spot in that regard you wonder whether or not him and Aussie open as some sort of involved in some sort of six man would be something but even then that's just that's calling in a favor from new japan to to get them to come across but even then it's you know it's it's kind of shoehorning his way in if they work with aw but it's also what they're gonna have for all out because that's the other thing in order they've got pay-per-view the week after they need some fresh matches for that Mm. What is that going to be? What can they protect? 
I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there on the like the Jamie Ayer thing. I just, but I just feel like every part of me feels like she's take. She'll be taking on Soraya, and Soraya will be winning the belt. Uh, I just, I, I've, I, if I could put money on that this second, I would put money on that this second. Like <laughs> <That's> so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> oh, but there we are. I mean, that that's but it's you know we can quibble about that. You know, there could, there's definitely a. A happy medium when it comes to the card, as we and JP talked about. You don't, um, uh, you know, think be careful as well. They sell sixty thousand tickets on day one. You don't want to see them take the foot off the gas either. You know what I mean? No. You want this to be stadium worthy type of cards. But overwhelmingly, the biggest thing we keep saying, guys, is just how exciting it's going to be. What a fucking great weekend it's going to be. You know, we're all going to be down there. I imagine to a man and woman, every one of our listeners is going to be down there. There's going to be Rev Pro shows going on. We know that now. There's going to be pro, well, suppose progress going on. There might be a live podcast or two going on. There's going to be a lot. It's going to be like the biggest weekend for wrestling fans in this country ever. It's going to be what Clash of the Castle didn't really feel like it ended up being. It's going to be what this Money in the Bank in July doesn't really feel like it's going to be. This feels like you know, history. It feels like it's going to be just be like, and our entire summers are going to be geared around it now, aren't they? Like, just in in anticipation for it. I can't remember being this excited for a live wrestling show. I just, I, I'm going to say, I just cannot wait. Like, just the, like, I just keep, I'm just like visualizing, like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of like early afternoon before it's gone dark kind of oh. thing and just being in Wembley Stadium and things like it's And every it's, viewpoint's it, good, isn't it, at Wembley? That's another oh. thing for anyone who's not been, like, I've been a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a, not a bad, not a, not a bad seat in there. It, and like you said, mm-hmm. I, it's just, it is just so exciting. And when I think back to like SummerSlam 92, I wanted to go, but it was just like, there was just no way in the world it was happening. It was just like, you know, there's no way my old fella was fucking taking me from working all the way down to that there, London. And like, it was uh, <laughs> basically like a journey to the end of the earth or something like that, you know, to, to, to go yeah. watch professional wrestling, like no chance on earth he was ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever doing that. So like, this feels like it's, yeah, all right. Like finally get the chance to, to, to do it at Wembley and like, I, I, I just there's there's I think one of the reasons that I'm excited is I just can't I can't see it shit in the bed I just I, I to to have the balls to book Wembley Stadium mm. with I think with the obviously with the Khan's essentially unlimited resources that they have and things like that you know when it comes to and and then when it comes into things like marketing and maybe you know obviously JP's been saying the things oh you have Liam Gallagher singing it and things like that like <laughs> potentially. That there is the scope for them to just be doing throwing shit out there like that that is just gonna you know they're just gonna be so geared on making this as successful as it can be because it is legitimately the biggest event in AW history like it is the it is the biggest thing that they've ever gone have done and they're they're gonna want as many people in, in Wembley Stadium as possible like they're not gonna let it fail they're not gonna let it be shit like it is it is gonna be. Like amazing. it's going to be an amazing day, and I just I cannot wait. And and just the idea that so many people that obviously we've just met as part of like just doing this show over the years, patrons and things like that, the people that we used to see in indie shows up and down the country and things that like everybody's going to be there. It's just going to be this little kind of like party atmosphere. This you know this just have seeing people having drinks with all different people and all that. It's it's. Oh, it's going to be the highlight of the summer. I can't. I cannot wait. Can't wait. Oh, <laughs> the idea of and Liam mentions it here. The Jericho has been on the phone to Brian May 
to do that <laughs> like to, to play to play Judas with him as well you can see that kind of happening and do you know what he fucking should do because he will be on that card that's a card he's definitely not gonna um, be off then I want to be at least half and half scarf like Liam says here that's what I want out of the show oh. <laughs> on principle I loathe those things but I would I would definitely buy one of those he totally can't get it he'll probably put it well I don't know it's AW merch in it but put some scarves on it come on somebody get it in with totally. that'll be not another thing it over now. <laughs> we talk merch and I joked about it like seriously you need to get stuff over there now you need to get old stuff over there now and warehoused and ready and just go, right, this is the stuff we're definitely going to have in stock for that that mm-hmm. period of time. They should be trying to offload every fucking thing because they've lacked quite a bit on there. And I don't know if you've, you've spoken about it already, um, but in terms of the, the knock-on effects for British wrestlings and British wrestling and British promotions and, you know, Rev Pro are definitely doing something on the Saturday night. Yeah, we said you know? before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so all of that's... Uh, Mm-hmm. Well, that's very, very interesting. Definitely look forward to finding out uh, where where they end up uh, going because I think the sky's the limit there as well, considering the yeah. amount of people that are there that are going to be in town. It's uh, punish your show. call, just to punish <laughs> them. <laughs> going back, oh, I hear you want to run a show. Yeah, I do. Yeah, not just not with you lot this week. Oh, <laughs> we'll get an extra member of bar staff. What one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was some good news on that but we didn't cover it on the, uh, yeah, the weekend show at all seriousness the July show seems a lot more uh, appetizing believe it when I fucking see yeah. it mate. me and Gareth will be at Grand Pro that afternoon so we'll leave you to it uh, JP but uh, oh, yeah. Brit is booming there you go two competing shows on the same day but um, <laughs> I suppose we should uh, we should move on from uh, from Wembley and mm. Punk into so we'll uh, we'll kick off with uh, with this week's uh, Dynamite as far as uh, stuff we've uh, we've all seen um, yeah uh, been a while since we've had you on Gareth was it was the homework hard for this one to get yourself back up and running what's Gareth's uh, current Dynamite going like you up to date I am up to date I'm, uh, I was uh, luckily I was only one episode behind when you said about doing this uh, this show so <laughs> just managed to managed to catch up today um, I've uh, I've still got Battle of the Belts to watch but um, that's uh, <laughs> you're a complete that, 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 that card's uh, not burning a hole in my pocket to uh, need to watch immediately kind of thing but I will that it needs to be needs to be needs to be ticked off the shame but... here we're on every week and we don't bother <laughs> nah. Battle of the Belts <laughs> I looked at it I saw something I saw QT Marshall no, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, it does feel like you know. I think when we when we do like these like the three of us reunion podcast, like it's always the conversation is it is fits and starts. You go through periods where you know mostly we're hot on AW, or you know there have been significant periods where we've been cold on AW. Can't really put my finger on this little period. It's a weird one, isn't it? Like this build to to double or nothing. Um, there's definitely things I'm I'm enjoying on the shows overall. The last. I look back the last two to three weeks, I would say I'd give you thumbs up shows for me. Maybe a couple of them are just on the side of thumbs up, but overall thumbs up shows. I think maybe it depends on like your overall interest level in what are the two major programs right now, which appear to be MJF um, and the uh, the Four Pillars stuff, which still seems like it's going to be a four-way rather than any kind of singles um, out of the, uh, the other three pillars. And the other big thing going on is... Uh, is the elite and um and the uh, the BCC stuff um they're kind of your your main temples as far as like driving interest into these shows uh where are you as far as them as major programs Gareth it does feel a little bit for me like I don't know they put so many eggs in that elite and and uh, Blackpool Combat Club basket that like 
that's a risky one for me. I can almost think of three different singles matches I'd rather see than whatever this is going to be. And I was, this is Anarchy in the Arena we're building to. Like, I was there last year, and one of my greatest ever live experiences watching a match. It made me top five matches of the year. Don't get me wrong, I loved it. Replicating that, I think, is going to be, you know, an uphill struggle. But, yeah, it's a lot of eggs in one basket, isn't it, for uh, for, for your big pay-per-view story, especially in the face of, you know, MJF not really having a, a big straight-up singles match. I wouldn't say the pay-per-view is missing something, but it's definitely a different route, I think, to, to this next pay-per-view than they might have expected. Yeah, but I tell you what, I'm enjoying it. Like um, I thought, like you know, to be honest, coming out of the coming out of the Hangman Moxley feud, coming out of like Regal going, you know, I was just all sort of set for like, oh, I just want Blackpool Combat Club just to be a phrase that disappears from history, and then like mm. I don't like Mox doesn't need to be near near Hangman anytime soon, and like let's just you know you know split this up into a couple of different directions and things like that but it's you know so if you'd have told me then that this was going to be the route on paper at the time like i'd have probably been a bit like mm, i'm not not sure about that but mm. like i've really really enjoyed the black Bill combat club stuff over the last month i think it's something where like when like on on tv it's like i don't know that music comes on and it's their segment next I'm like, I'm like genuinely like excited. I'm, I'm up for it. You know, it's like, it's like, I'm not looking at my phone and things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm focused because I want to see, I want to see them kick the shit out of people. I want to see them just come out there and just like, just whoever, whether it's jobbers that they've been having, it's been great. They've been having them in there with jobbers, haven't they? Just like, just destroying people and things and just been like proper brutal, proper vicious and things like that. Like it's, it's Moxley's kind of almost just seamlessly, seamlessly just sort of like drifted into this part of this group and it's in some ways it's sort of rather than it being about him centrally it just seems to have like elevated as a whole I think Wheeler Uta looks just better than ever so, like, Claudio just looks like he's um, it, again I, I've always uh, my biggest problem with Claudio has always been that he's like he felt a little bit like cartoon characterish at times or something like that but now he feels like a genuine fucking ass kicker like he feels like like somebody mm. who's uh, is he, there's there's a toughness and things that's been that's been added to him. You know, he's sort of like beyond being a character. And then then throwing Danielson into the mix as well. Like when since Danielson's been back, he just seems to just have this added injection of kind of like enthusiasm mm-hmm. and like again just like grittiness and nastiness and things about it that, it that that's just taken those three what they were doing before he come back and it's just like elevated it a, a step further. And then I think on 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 this show this week, when you then got like Kenny cutting the, you know, serious Ken promo kind of thing. Yeah. It's not laughs and giggles to you. You've literally just been seeing the footage of, you know, a gaping gash in Don Callis's head. And then you've got like Kenny fucking like, no, right. No, we're going to fucking, you know, fight. I can't remember what the line was that he, you know, he said, he said, so, you know, it's, it's not going to be like blood for blood. It's going to be worse than that or something. You know, he said, he said, and, and he just had that seriousness. And then when it, after that match, when he, he appeared at the top of the ramp, he actually looked like, it was like, oh, Kenny, Kenny Omega actually looks like a bit like a fucking hard bastard there who's going to come and sort something out as opposed to Kenny coming out with his fucking mops and all, all like dancers at the side and doing his little skits and things like that. It was like, no, actually, this no, like, this is this is fucking ass kicker Kenny kind of thing. And I'm, I'm fucking right up for this. I think it's 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 been... 
re- it's it's almost been quite understated the way that they've done it, but it's mm. it's been massively successful with, with with me at the same time. It feels like I'm assuming for this that we're going to be getting was it anarchy and the Benno said it before was it anarchy in the arena or blood and guts or something along those lines. Although blood and guts is where I expect Kota Ibushi might end up making an appearance, and if they can bring a a fifth person into the Blackpool Combat Club, it'll be interesting. I mean, I was going to give a shout out for Wheeler Utah, who's oh, wonderfully yeah. hateable and has done actually like quite a tremendous job, even if there's been a hell of a lot of money kind of thrown at him towards for it as well. But yeah, it, it definitely is the st- like the serious like Kenny is definitely the one that is much more appealing and is going to get much more of a reaction um, there as well. So. It just my only fear for it is 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 this going to end up going in quite a predictable direction? Like if we're already kind of predicting the matches and the match stips and things like that, rather than there's that part of me would want to see the slight spin-off feuds as well, like you know an extended Danielson Omega program or an extended Danielson Page program. I mean, we 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 had the kind of two match from there, but it's been a while. And you can, it's stuff that you'd want them to go back to as well just to make sure they're getting the best use of those guys that they're going to have. And for however long they have a Claudio and a Danielson under contract, be able to get the most of them. Yeah. That, yeah. I th- you know, I, I think it's, it doesn't feel like it's something that needs to be, you know, one and done. And then obviously you've got the, the whole punk stuff going on in the, in, in the background. And, you know, maybe like this is something that clearly they have, they've, they've put a bit of work into and it's something that, that it's, it doesn't just feel like it's going to pay off like that. That it is something that's going to branch out. If the whole Jericho thing, other than being just Jericho planting himself in there to you know latch onto mm. the latch onto the the money man, in actuality, is a good holding feud, isn't he? Almost in in, in some degree. Once you, you know nat- the natural order of things is going to be like you whatever you throw you know if if the have settled things is through punk and omega at each other but you let this settle itself out you do something there that's just a bit of a holding pattern and then you know wet the appetite further for something that could potentially come come further down with the with the elite and, uh, and punk but i just this is one that again again i'm just just excited to to see this and then when you talk about those different combinations there um am i up for danielson and hangman going at it again and having a one on one Yep, absolutely. Am I up for Claudio and Hangman? Yep, absolutely. Do I want, you know, Wheeler Uter even? Uter and Omega or something like that? Like right now, I'd be fucking right up for Omega and Wheeler Uter. Like, you know, I fucking, I've been loving Wheeler Uter. I, I just think those different combinations of possibilities that could bleed out of the back of it. Definitely, you, know, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, I, I'll come on here and I'll talk about things that are like compelling and make you like want to tune in and want to see live. This storyline's probably been one of the things that has made me kind of like keep up because it has got like an energy to it. It has got something that that life and something about it that just you know that does sort of draw you in. Um, and so this one definitely one that's um, mm. that's uh, pulled me. What was the other? What, what was the other feud that you mentioned there, Ben? This MJF stuff with the uh, with the pillars oh, yeah. like this week. I mean. That was my favourite part of Dynamite this week. Was uh, I don't know if it, if it really built my interest in MJF doing anything with Darby Allen, but we've got to talk about that Sting promo. <laughs> like, mm. That was like, <laughs> like I mean, I mean, if if Sting's retirement is happening at Wembley and uh, and MJF is the map, then they did a great job of selling me on that. I'm not sure if that was the uh, 
the intended reaction here, but that's where I came out of it because fuck me was doing great with his uh you're just talking through his entire career. Shout outs to Kevin Nash and Scott Hall sat at home, like just everything, like even bring it up um Joker Sting from 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 TNA. He was on one here, wasn't he? I need he to be the one saying Scott Hall is not sat at home. <laughs> I fucking I fucking hope he isn't. <laughs> uh, I was glad uh, Wade Keller did the retraction because he was he was whining that uh, that uh, he did there wasn't a shout out for X Pack there. It was like oh, they weren't in the same Wolfpack Wade. Come on, that's a different, <laughs> different iteration of the group. Mm. You know, Sting was in the shit one with Lex Luger and uh, say the shit one Conan on that I fucking loved it at the time. Uh, but like it was like this life from Sting that was just br- I don't again I thought uh, as a standalone state segment I thought it was incredible. My favorite part of the show. I wouldn't want to scrub it from the show. I'm just not sure what the end goal was here. Was it to uh, make me interested in Derby MJF? Was it to keep me interested in this four pillar stuff? Or did it just make me just think about Sting after that and and realize that he is, in fact, a, a bigger legend than, than The Undertaker? Just throwing that out there for uh, the folks on Twitter and Matty at home. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was fucking great. <laughs> I won't lie. As soon as I saw this, I thought, oh, if we can get this Sting MJF title versus career match, which is a, a very good i mean if you want to cement the legend of mjf as the person the type of match tight. mjf works as well like yeah. darby has thing doing some stuff that sting just can't do at this point in his career it's going to be none of that with mjf is he's going to grab a hold he's gonna he could yeah. wear a sting match like he could he could make this work i've, I've got faith in it do you think as well he bumped for a punch from rick flair at wembley like getting and that's the maximum amount of involvement you'd want him involved because I'd be worried about him getting down to the ring if we learned one thing from the shame about him man the debacle. <laughs> yeah that's the other thing as well um there's someone else we're going to speak about who may not be able to make it to to Wembley but it's been brought brought back in there as well <laughs> it's Liam's out there his 90s bomber jacket to <laughs> I've still got a nice bomber jacket I'm sure have you got one Gareth like I had a bomber jacket <laughs> <laughs> I think Vince uh, as well thought Sting was shit at promos. Fuck uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck me. I mean, that that did... Ca- he was all right in WCW, wasn't he? But that, I think that myth is true. <laughs> he got better in tonight. Excuse me. He did indeed. And, and that's that's how honestly how strong Benno feels about it. He's <laughs> he got, got emotional. lost his voice. <laughs> he has he's got emotional. He's in for, for those who aren't watching live, he's in tears. Oh, no, that, that I fucking love Sting. I do. He's fucking. You great. do. Yeah. Undertaker it's wishes he was not the singer. Part. I'm yeah. assuming as well. <laughs> He's all right, you know. I getting your fucking nerves. Yeah, <laughs> half an hour of chatting to him, pompous shot. Yeah, he gets like five grand a day from P Diddy for uh, "I'll Be Missing You" because they never cleared the sample. Like it's that's a legit. P Diddy confirmed that pays him five grand a day in perpetuity forever. Like, fucking, he's done well this thing. <laughs> anyway, that's the other thing. Nice work if you can get it. But uh, no, nah, this was <laughs> nice work as well. Uh, nice little <laughs> nice little thing there. But uh, there you it go. was, um, it, was still a pro. it was, um, cla- oh, it was just class, wasn't it? Like, the, like, mm. it, I, I mean, I, I said on, on Twitter last week, that idea of the Sting and Jeff thing would just like hook it to my veins, like the the fucking yeah. idea of the title versus career. To me, that is the perfect, like Wembley main event. It is it's perfect for 
Wembley. It's perfect for Sting. It's perfect for MGF. MGF beating him. Like it's all those you know finishing his career there and stuff like. It just it just works on on, on so many levels. And it, and if this is a route that they're heading in, like like I say, just fucking hook it to our veins. I'm absolutely all over that. Like what what I. What what I loved about this segment was like I was really enjoying Darby Allen to be honest. I, I thought like oh this is the best he's ever sounded on the mic. I mm. thought like I, I thought he was I thought he came across really really good. And then Sting came down and picked the mic up, and then Sting was was like on another level ten times on yeah. another level. And and I was a bit like I felt a bit sorry for Darby because he'd been doing some good stuff on the on on the mic, and Sting just totally like overshadows it all. But like. That wasn't a bad a thing. Shame, it, isn't it? it just got you, you just got the best the the best of Sting coming across there and like like brilliant. He, he I often like a lot of these MGF promos. I wonder where you. I'll often sit back and kind of think like, well, what well, where's that led to him now from the point that he came into the ring and picked up the mic to the point of the end of his promo and like. Has it elevated anyone? Has it elevated him and stuff like that? And there's something, yeah, there's a few like funny lines and things like that. But it's like, it's just sometimes it feels a bit like worse and sometimes it just feels like it's the same. At the end of that, I just felt like, whoa, like Darby's elevated, Sting's elevated, MJF's elevated. That whole segment just was like an absolute like banger. Like, oh, it's one of them that you'll just remember. Like, yeah, that, it's, it's, a, it's, it, it, it's a top, top like segment that for, for AW as far as you know, in-ring mic stuff works. It's funny with Darby, isn't it? Because, like, I think intellectually he's not a good promo, but there's just something, like, with everything he does that's believable about it. He feels genuine. He feels like he just... There's something beneath it that that, that just makes those promos work. You'd think he, he believes every word he's saying. And it's just a different type of promo, but it works. Like, yeah, Sting maybe showed them up a little bit, but there's something to be said for that. It's like that, you know, that one a few weeks ago with uh, all four of the pillars. Like, he blew away Jungle Boy and the other one. Yeah. You know, like, he just, <laughs> he's a million miles away. Sabi Guevara doesn't deserve a name check in the fucking view, but anyway. It's a, mo- it's, well, it's a, it's a modern babyface promo, isn't it, that you get from, like, yeah. from Darby Allen. That it's, it's like, it doesn't feel pandering. It doesn't feel empty. It feels, it feels real. Like, there's some elements of it that you might go, like, I don't know, jaded old man, like, oh, that's a little bit corny or something like that. But you know that for the mass audience and the younger audience, like, absolutely, like, hitting the, hitting the mark mark with it. But it's not, like, it's, it's, it's perfect because it's not kind of, like, I don't know, you know, blue eye, blonde, you know, blonde hair, baby face, you know, like kissing, baby, kissing, <laughs> kissing, 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 kissing babies in an in an old style way. But it yeah. is in a new, it, it is in a new yeah. style way, cynical, edgy, you know, yeah. that that audience. It's it, it is that for that audience. But he's never going to you know. shout and rant, is he, in a promo as well? And I think it's the tonal delivery, mm. like is is the kind of key thing. It's like it's it's. He's a he is a kind of an attitude as a character, isn't he? Was it only me that thought he sang his song? By the way, like I thought that until like last year. <laughs> it just sounds like Darby Allen, you know, his song. I don't you know why imagine. I thought he was also a singer. <laughs> but he's one of the few people that they've ultimately they've not changed, have they? They've no, added Sting to it, but they haven't changed him. Who, Darby and from he's Evolve, not, and he's Darby from Evolve. That's yeah. exactly who he is, and it's kind of exactly who who he will be, and he. And it would feel to me that if they had, if they do go with MJF versus Sting for Wembley, you can have Darby Allen facing the winner. 
because then it goes in one of two different directions where, you know, if Sting wins, then he'll go, well, you know, I'm going to give you that big kind of time. You can plausibly sell like plausible deniability. Whereas if MJF is the person to retire Sting, then you've got an entire revenge thing that you can kind of go with it. And I think that's viable. If you think about AEW pay-per-views, don't often, it's not often the main event. It's, it's the kind of the, um, it's, it's the ensemble, isn't it? And it, puts, it, it, it puts doubt, doesn't it? It puts doubt in the outcome of yeah. the match, which is always a good thing. Like if they do that, if if that's the thing, the week later, you know. Mm. It's, do, uh, we, do we still think that's the plan? The four way. What's your interest level in a four way, Gareth? Like what's your interest level in the other characters I've, in this? I've yeah. got zero interest in a four way between, like as a as a main, as a world title match between those four. Like mm. like not at all. I think it like it's it's lazy. Um, it's the it's the 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 other lads, I don't think, have had the build prior to this to warrant being in that match at that level. Um, like it's definitely not farming. It's it, it, it's it's something that's it, it's something that becomes something that can then be referred to again in twelve months, in twenty four months, and stuff like that. If they if they continue down down that route, but for me, it should splinter off. And right now, like if if they're it it should be MGF and Darby Allen, shouldn't it? And and it should splinter off and Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara should be having some kind of, you know, potential feud or something like that on 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 the back of it in that way. I think I think a four way um just I don't know, just doesn't fill me with I've got no desire to see, like to see that at all. And and plus because I just don't see like you look at it and you go Guevara and Jungle Boy really don't deserve to be in that match, probably anyway. Neither of them two are feasibly going to win it anyway. Would you want Darby Allen to win the belt in a four-way? No, kind mm. of thing, you know. So, so it just becomes some mm. vehicle for MGF to just beat them all and sort of set the pillars back a bit, and it's it's just not not inspiring for me. For me, the thing I most uh, the thing I'm most looking forward to, and I want that Derby Sting uh, for for Wembley is. I want before the before the match. I want that nice little like black and white video of like Sting and uh, Sting and Derby in an open top car, like you know, outside of Greg's driving or something like that. And then, like uh, you know, going past a chicken shop or something like that as they come down Wembley High Street or something like that. You know, you know coming to coming to the arena, one of those classic classic little Derby videos would be awesome. I tell you what will happen: they'll be driving in from outside London, they get stuck immediately in traffic around Acton. <laughs> And they won't be fucking moving for ages. And it'd just be progressively Darby Allen getting pissed off as they crawl along to the Westfield. <laughs> Darby should be, just should be like it. hanging around where like the goth kids used to hang out like, on, the, on the like the court steps or whatever it was in, yeah. in the town of Liverpool. Like he should, should be knocking around there. He'll be doing some video of that bit in fucking South Bank where they all go. <laughs> there's a big skate park under there. He'll go oh, there. Yeah, he'll be all that. over that shit. <laughs> As uh, he should be. I mean, speaking of goth kids, uh, we've got a reference as we haven't talked about this yet. I'm um, sure Gareth rejoiced when, uh, when Jeff Hardy made his return <laughs> to AEW. I mean, Again, like I'm borrowing this from uh, from Steph's article. There you go. There's your second plug. Uh, threw it in there. But um, like it's 100% true what Steph said. And like I, I kind of borrowed this talking point. Imagine a world where we're all like, oh, it's a fucking, it's a more, it's it's just disgusting that CM Punk after what he did come, come back to AEW. Jeff Hardy's on Dynamite, you don't need a fucking peep, do you? None of this yeah. roster being like, oh, I won't work with him. No one gives a 
fuck. I know it's an American thing where they got a very different attitude to the the things that Jeff Hardy has done. Like, uh, I would implore anybody to read that fucking report when he was arrested this last time, where like literally he was he was breathing fucking petrol. Like that's how done he was. Like, and he was driving a car that was already fitted with a you know with one of those locks that you're supposed to use a breathalyzer to get into. Like he's a f- the man is a fucking danger, and it is like CM Punk, but in a much more serious way. Only a matter of time before before like something happens again. Like I was floored that they brought him back this soon. I know it's it's been a while, but like, or that they brought him back at all. Um, they must think the juice is worth the squeeze on this, but like, I would have expected more kickoff, and it's kind of you know gone without really a murmur, hasn't it? And the, they're just back the Hardys. They were on Rampage, um, yeah. The back up promos, the back of team, everybody cheered, and that was that. Um, here we go, for Jeff Hardy with chance two hundred and forty two of his uh, of his career. Like Jesus Christ. I don't, this I don't want to see him signed the first, you know. Yeah, I was anti him being signed in the first place. He's a fucking liability. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. an absolute train wreck. How many times he's been, oh, he's, you know, sorted himself out. Like, mm-hmm. I know, I, I, remember, I think I remember you raising something of like the top 10 like YouTube videos or something like that of AW. And I think Jeff Hardy was in like two of the top 10 or something like that. He's a big star. Thing. So, like, you know, he does have that name recognition there are people out, out there you know who do like him and things but i just don't see what value he brings like to to anything on any any level you, you know these days it's just like okay he's familiar face that's popular with a certain you know a certain group um mm. but really is he anyone who's going to be in any level of prominent position no he's always going to be fucking working with with Matt in lower card stuff, is there other people there whose spot is probably taken who could be doing a better job or doing, you know, something more interesting or entertaining? Yes. Is he like a, you know, a size of salary probably that could be used better? I'd be saying yes. There's, you know, people who, yeah. who that money could be going elsewhere to who is going to bring more to the company is potentially not going to take as much away from the company as Jeff Hardy can and probably will there will eventually be something that happens with jeff hardy again that puts mm-hmm. a negative slur on aw as a as, as a whole which you know as you as you're trying to grow a company it's it, it's not what you want i just no. it's just like it, it is just pointless to me at this at, at, at this stage and it's like just watching oh great what's jeff hardy going to do yeah he's going to come out and do the same old shit that he's been doing for fucking 20 years the exact same stuff that Great hasn't dance. evolved since i was in my fucking late teens you know like um, since you were wearing you know floor going on with gloves and gloves you know since we both had the boot jeans at the point when he was big it's funny it's funny jay because i am obviously i'm more bullish on him as a as a drawer i still think he's got a place as if that if it was purely that it was purely that i'd say he sells enough merch he probably gets you a few people through the door who recognize him at like a big wembley show that type of thing but it's up where i agree absolutely not worth it for the train wreck that he brings along no. with him um, no. and it's not really like he brings entertaining tv either because like his previous aw remember like week three he'd already done three like swantons off a ladder through a table like it was just like there's not there's no juice there is there there's nothing not like there's any original idea there or any evolution no. there he's, he's playing the hits isn't he um to his own detriment and yeah to not necessarily the the positive of the of the show and 
as well with this. I mean, there's there's so many reasons why you shouldn't bring him back. The fact that it's always DUIs as well, mm. which would suggest that at some point, like, there's only so lucky he's going to end up getting that somebody doesn't get killed. Mm. And you can't yeah. claim ignorance till we didn't know. It's like, it's the first thing that kind of really comes up about him is what he is like. However, if he's around the company by August 27th, he's on that all-in card, isn't he? He'll be on it, which will be a real... That's the kind of thing that as a roster... If he's allowed in the country, as Chris says. Yeah, if he's allowed in the country. Yeah, that, that's the other big if for that. Which, if he was, like, allowed onto it, I mean, that's a real fuck you to the rest of the roster as well for it. But look at how he's returning and what is the context in yet another fucking contract storyline involving <laughs> Matt Hardy where they're just making it up as they go along to have matches for this stuff. And it is so bad. Like normally when, when Wayne and John review on post and they review dynamite, they tend, you know, they're, they're, they're much more civil, nicer people than what we are. When you hear Wayne <laughs> kicking off, describing it as a, as like another fucking contract story. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, that you have just pushed this far too far. It's death in it. It's <sighs> death. Did I hear this right, though? So it was like, um, if you read the small print, you'll see that, like, because you lost that match, I'm no longer under the control of you. And also, if I, me and my partner then beat you, that means we're no longer part of the firm or, or I'm no longer part of the firm. And I was like, well, why didn't you just make your small print? Well, if he loses that match, I'm not in the firm. <laughs> like, yeah, I know it's... What's the fucking firm? It has to lead to a, to a match, but it just, like, oh, a convoluted load of bollocks. Like, just, God, uh, who's interested in it? Who, who watching AEW is interested in... Matt Hardy Tony Khan. contracted to be like <laughs> uh, like under the control of some heels in 2023. Like fucking grow up. Like what? Where's it, Mark Quinn? By the way, private pride's not a thing, or is he just off injured or whatever? I think he's injured again. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is injured. No, not stick but, him like, in Ring of Honor now. Those poor well, lads. Like, why are they? Why are they tied to the hip to Matt Hardy? Like, it couldn't I make them know. less cool, could it? For a gimmick that's supposed to be where the party and young cool guys. Why are they always going to run around with fucking Doc Hendricks 2023? <laughs> like, what are they doing? Like, it's just awful. It's terrible. It's, the, it's Tony Khan's worst booking trait. I don't know, we give him Pelter's brother yeah. stuff, but this constant going back to mid card comedy managers fighting over contracts is just like his favorite, favorite thing. It's awful. Um, so yeah, there was that on Dynamite. Uh, I was going to reference as well. Um, obviously, the main event of Dynamite was uh, was Keith was uh, Keith Lee's dad and Chris Jericho. Uh, oh no, wait, no, it was Keith Lee himself. Fucking state of it. Um, <laughs> we rekindled the swear feud. Um, mixed feelings on this one. Um, like I, you know, I, I rate Swerve. I watched them on Triple Mania. Um, I like him. I think he could do something interesting in AEW. I was wondering where this. What happened to the Keithley feud and why it seemed to disappear? So I think there's a positive of picking up that and at least, you know, having our blow up match that for some reason we never got. But I don't know, putting Swerve back with the putting Swerve with the embassy. It's just, it's, it's just shit in it. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 I loved Prince. You won't get a bigger Prince Nana fan than me. And, 2005 which was 18 years ago like but like that that gimmick is ne it never worked in any reboot they did in roh since that time and it happened four or five times it's not working now it's mid card it's comedy 
Why Brian Cage got a fucking five year deal, I'll never know. And now they're attacking five years. It's like five years. Absolutely. Five more years of Brian Cage. Fucking tits, in that case. That is ridiculous. And he's fine, but once you've seen him, once you've seen him, haven't you? He's the definition of a should be on the indies going from place to place. And everyone goes, wow, look at those muscles. Oh, cool. He did a moonsault. All right. I've seen him now. That should be the career of Brian Cage. Um, But instead, he's going to be on TV as uh, this is Ashwear's muscle. It's like Arsenal contract stuff. Mm. You know, like offering out like three year deals to David Luiz towards the end of this game. <laughs> we're, like, we're fucked. We are fucked. Like just giving four year contracts to William. It's just, five years for Brian Bizarre, Cage. Yeah. But yeah, for whatever reason, you know, Swerve needs muscle, and apparently these are the guys for the for the job. Mm. Um, but yeah, what do you make of that? What do you make of Keith Lee and Chris Jericho? Keith Lee, don't know. <laughs> don't know what's happened to him really. I mean, well, I guess I do. You had those health issues, but. He's not the same man, is he, that we all saw like three or four years ago? I don't... There was a point in that WWE run where it was like, these fucking gobshites, why aren't they doing him and Brock? Looks a bit silly now, doesn't it? Like, when you look back, like, like look at this Keith Lee will present a bit now. I mean, he's fine, but he's in his late 30s and he feels over the hill. It's just a guy, isn't he? He's just a guy. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and at one point when you were seeing him on live shows and that back in, so what, 2017 and stuff... Like he was great in the ring, but he's like his natural charisma is is probably one of the most naturally charismatic people I've ever seen live. He just like he just controlled the room. Everyone just like you know everybody just hanging off his facial expressions and everything like that. He just feels a bit lame now, doesn't he? Like he just feels a bit sort of like out of place and a bit sort of like a, a a bit of a. A bit of a tired act, and I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I, don't know. I just looked it up. He's three months younger than me. Fuck <laughs> 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 off! Born in November '84. I'm June. Fucking hell! He's the same Christ. age as that. He's two. He's two days older than our Peter. That's insane. <laughs> but I mean, I think it says a lot about you know, like while I'll you know from a swerve standpoint, like I've always been like, I don't see him as like being someone who's ever going to be like top, top tier. Like I think he's a, I think he's, he's, he's great as a, you know, what he is like, you know, mid card guy with a bit of character who go in the ring and things like that. That's fine. I've just never seen him as that, that, that top level. But like now it feels a bit like it kind of almost felt like uh, they were a bit high on him, but now it's like, hang about, when you're getting fucking Prince Nana and Brian Cage thrown with you, when you're getting, you know, recycling back to the feud with a cold as ice Keith Lee, who's, you know, clearly, you know, looking like he's lost it. You're just thinking there, what, you know, what is, 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 is there bigger plans for, for Swerve? It doesn't feel like there is, to be honest. It feels like he's someone who's just destined to be kind of stuck in that, I would say lower mid card. If he's getting link, if he's getting Cage and Prince Nana like put with him, and, and you know, it just even losing to Derby, it's like I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the match. The match was, oh, great. It was great, great match. Um, but why would you book it when Swerve is seemingly a pushed commodity right now, and Derby clearly had to win? Like, just felt like a bit of a yeah. Didn't need to do that. Like, you didn't. Yeah. I, I assumed they were going to do some cop-out finish because it seems like mm. they're starting to bleed into AEW a little bit more. Whereas there was Definitely. never count-outs and things. There's been there's been some starting to happen and things on Rampage and stuff. And I thought, oh, there's going to be some dodgy, dodgy finish here. I was gobsmacked when he got pinned clean. And then, yeah, it was his second loss to Derby, wasn't it? They said on commentary. Like, um, yeah. you know, it's just like, hang about, like, where's, where's this... Uh, Where's it? Where's this going? But the, I mean, the match itself was a fucking 
brilliant like, one. Bang, I, I proper enjoyed that match. It felt like it got loads of time as well, didn't it? It was, um, mm. it was uh, like what a way, to, what a way to start a show mm. that was, and then just like bleed straight into that Darby MGF Sting promo that we've talked about. You know, I thought it was a hell of a good start. Mm. Yeah, better start than end, I'd say, on this week's Dynamite JP. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think they kind of limped to the finish line, didn't they, with the, the main events as opposed to the uh, the open out ball. Yeah, any other thoughts on that, JP, or anything else on uh, on Dynamite this week? Anything else, uh, AEW, uh, float your boat to talk about? we got the latest oh. uh, development in the Outcast story that uh, definitely continues to develop and isn't just... Couldn't give a shit. ...the same thing every week. <laughs> We're actually getting the match this week, so, you know, at least yeah. there's something there's, uh, that the tag match isn't there. But it's generally like the same story as much as mm. as, as anything else. Another fun <laughs> Orange Cassidy match, yeah, which really he good. is really like good. kind of he's delivered on these. You have to say in terms of like good TV matches every as much week. as anything else. Every week, every he week really good. does. Every week mm. they do great in the ratings. Every week they're like literally. I know. Quarter quarter hours. I'm I'm careful here with Gareth here, but there is a clear pattern. You put Orange Cassidy in the ring, the numbers go up. It happens every week. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Cornette and that can get in the fucking bin. Like he's a he's a TV draw and he's great at what he does and it's entertaining pretty much every week. You know, yep. I like that role for him on the show. I don't like this match. Don't you like it? No, oh, you don't no, like no. Bobby Matthews, do you? You're not a fan. I don't. I, I think he's a bit of a cosplay wrestler, like him. Like he's just. He's, it's and 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 I felt like this match was just like it was just like doing stuff as a like. And even though they were trying to do the whole thing with the hand and things like that, it just. Yeah, I thought they gave it, it just. It, it it just all all. I don't know. Someone just didn't click with it. I, I, I was just when I was watching it, I was thinking, "This is light years behind that Derby Swerve match." It just felt really like it. It, it just didn't. I don't know if it was the pacing of it. I just the, the way they clicked or or, or something. I, whether it's just yeah, Buddy Matthew has just been cosplaying moves wrestler kind of thing. Like I, I don't know. It wasn't a, wasn't there for uh, for me this one. But you can't deny. Orange Cassidy's run that he's been on, like he just mm-hmm. he's just delivering week in week out, and you know he's just like what a valuable valuable commodity. One final bit, I thought the Wardlow uh, Powerhouse Hobbs car stuff was, I mean, it was just fucking straight out of Attitude Era. It's like I've seen it a million <laughs> and one times. Like I'm asleep. I, the only thing so I ever look at is how shit is the car really? You've given it a spray job, you've put a logo on it, but I'm assuming this is ready for the knackers yard now. Mm. otherwise that is WCW levels of pissing money away or just fucking trashing hummers on a weekly basis and stuff like that but yeah I'm not and that matches I think is next week isn't it or tomorrow I should say is that not is, Wednesday is that yeah, it's Monday this time but uh, oh it's Monday fuck Monday. me I'm all over the place but yeah it's <laughs> shit in, I'm, I'm not I, I didn't like that angle at all was it mm. Silas Young got squashed that was it that was the the end of it <laughs> <laughs> but he looked really bad because they didn't stop Solo from getting a powerbomb through the table. Who, by the way, didn't break one of them, did it? Got that thing on the back of his fucking head. That looked rough. I mean, this whole thing with Powerhouse Hobbs and QE, like, uh, like Hobbs is just, a, Hobbs is just like, he looks so great. Like, he, he's, he's in the best shape of his life. Like, he, he looks like an absolute fucking killer you know like he's like what he's doing in ring and stuff like that's like kicked onto another level and then you've got fucking cutie and that woman just like on the outside doing like the little laughter and all that like it's just totally just like sucking away from something that should feel like so much so so much more but like hobs to me like um 
I don't know. Like he just, he just feels like he's just got bags of potential, and it's just like, uh, come on, pivot away from this. It's dog shit. He's got to know he's, it's he's got to know it's dog shit. He's got to have people watching, like in the back, like watching it and going, "This is awful." Like, because yeah. there's, there's just no way it's that even it can, it, 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 it should be like the association. But um, the thing I was just, uh, I don't know, if it's just because it's like fresh in my mind because of recording that Mega Powers show yesterday. But the the thing that jumped out to me with the um, in the women's tag match, it was like, you know, they sprayed the L on Rio and like give her the uh, give her the triple power bomb, and then out comes um, world champion Macho Man Jamie Hater to make the save, but gets <laughs> but gets absolutely fucking battered kind of thing, and then out comes uh, Brit Hogan DMD who makes a save and batters all three of Ruby so Ruby Soho and and Tony Storm and um, and, and the other. It was like. Ah, yeah. There's your there's your world champion, the one B. He comes one A coming out at the end to the to the big pop, and she really is. She doesn't get battered. She fucking cleans house, and, and like while Jamie mm-hmm. is still lying there, and like that's the only thing with me when I think about like the like Hater and Wembley and Soraya and like she feels transition as as great as she is. She's fucking great in ring. She connects with the crowd, the crowd lover and stuff. She just feels one B to me. She just feels like transitional champion before they're getting into the, you know, what I think they see as the biggest stuff is like Brit and Soraya and, and, and that side of things. It feels like you can see it from the reality show. Race card holder. I've watched yeah, it. Brit's the main event on that reality show. She's it's a, it's built around there, like, and she's always been one of Tony's pet projects. But like, I think it's fine, Jamie A to be in the the one B if that's the story, and then eventually she overtakes her. <laughs> you know, eventually they, they come at loggerheads, and that match happens. But it's been so fucking long now that it's like, it, I think damage is is being done a little bit, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, I was gonna say like this dynamite coming up. We've got as you said, powerhouse Hobbs Wardlow. We do have Jamie and Brit against their uh, Ruby Solo and Tony Storm. Don't don't think that's going to be the end of it there for some reason. Um, lust in your eyes. Max Caster is Rio, the uh, <laughs> she, she, she Elizabeth. Uh, Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, Tati Ast against Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Jake Hager is on the show. And the randomest match of, well, Chris Jericho and Adam Cole got a segment, and there's going to be something with the Elise. Randomest match of all time. This is Tony Khan on random EWR game. Jay White versus Commander. Like, what's with this Jay White run? I mean, what? I guess from me suggesting him being a punk opponent before, um, I'm not going to get much support. I'm thinking Jay White should be uh, handled a lot better than uh, than what they've been doing with him. Like, who want? I mean, that's an interesting match, and I'm glad he's not just disappeared after being debuted. But not out. I mean, yeah, Jay White is like. Continuing on the Bullet Club black and gold thing, being associated with a Korean Mick Carter and Juice Robinson. Like, had just this is just not how I would have envisioned. You know, I think Jay White and WWE always said was was the fifth. That hasn't happened. He's come into AEW, but you've said that a couple of times, Lazy Buck and Gareth. Like, as much as I'll keep praising some of the stuff from Dynamite this last week, the Jay White stuff feels lazy to me. It just feels like, oh, yeah, he was in Bullet Club, so we'll carry on down that route. We'll make him another Bullet Club. Let's carry on. But, like, I just think whether you rate Jay White or not, he's coming in with the pedigree of being one of the recent IWGP champions. You established that at Forbidden Door. Like, make him feel like a big deal. 
shouldn't be cutting back straight promos where Juice Robinson does 50% of the talking. He should be in the fucking ring, boss on the place. He should be in a... You should have a program lined up for him if you're going to bring him in. A serious one with a serious top guy. Doesn't have to be fucking Punk. Could be Jericho. Could be anyone. You know, it could be a baby, you know, a baby face somewhere at the top of the car. Maybe rekindle the Eddie Kingston stuff. I don't know. Somebody, like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I just don't understand the, the, the thought process. Again, it's not like they brought him in and made him an, an opening card wrestler immediately, but I just don't think he's been treated with the gravitas that you could treat Jay White with, considering, you know, who he was in New Japan. It just feels to me like when it feels very kind of like back in the day where you'd get like an NWA or a WCW world champion and then they'd come into WWF and be like Farouk or, you know, Bar- <laughs> it, it, you know yeah. rugged, rugged Ronnie, Ga- oh, I won't pick Ronnie Garvin because of that, but, you know, Dusty Rhodes or something, you know, like somebody who has gravitas, who's got an air importance in the promotion that they were and then they come into the other promotion and they're just like, you know, not treated and if it was treated in the way that they should or could be and if it was WWF or WWE we'd be like moaning about them like typical just trying to knock them back a peg or two or something like that and you know treat them in in that way I don't think it's what they're they're, they're trying to do I just don't think that they've just got that they just clearly just didn't have like an an idea or a clear like top end pro pro you know I've I've criticised a lot of trying to Mm. shoehorn people in at a top level but when you've when you've got a guy who's had the IWGP world title this recently, you mm. treat him better than this coming in. And like, he just like, he just, I mean, that debut, that debut was appalling. Like the, what, was that right? Was that last week? Yeah. That like missed, mm. missed half. I, just, I thought he looked at, like, I thought <laughs> he just, he just looked, he didn't look like a main eventer the way that he was presented in ring at that moment. Like he looked tiny. He looked like some like junior heavyweight or something. Like you know, he he just he didn't look right. He didn't. He wasn't presented in a way that gave him presence and like you know. I know the you can't do anything about the physical size, but like you can present somebody in a way that they seem bigger and bolder and more than kind of thing. And like he just felt like oh yeah, he's just. He's a guy. This could just be like any indie worker coming in and just happens to yeah. be Juice Robinson's mate or something like that. And that's the danger is, is the more that you do that, that's what he feels like. And then to to people who are AW fans who don't follow New Japan closely, when they've seen him previously, he hasn't been presented like a top star prior to this run, has he? When they like bled him into shows, like that's on Rampage, isn't it? It was Blade like Ramp- Rampage and just little <laughs> little random you know little random appearances like mm-hmm. i don't know maybe they're just not that high on him but well i sign him that's the question isn't it it's just it's odd it's really odd and juice you know it's just it's the it's the juice robinson thing it's like that's death to me like as soon as it's not like he comes across like he's several levels above juice he's sharing screen time with him i, I don't even think i will say i don't even think ricky stark will be a horrendous first singles feud for him if it was just the two of them on screen, it's the fact that it feels like he's just inherited Juice Robinson's mid-car feud. Like, I just don't really understand. All it needs is action and Dretti to get involved, and then it's like, for fuck's sake. I mean, I assume it's all leading to Forbidden Door, isn't it? And Tony's going to do some kind of Bullock Club versus Bullock Club thing, but I wanted to see that seven years ago right now. Like, it's just... <laughs> this was a chance for Jay White to reset and do something fresh. Yeah, doesn't look like we're getting it, but... Anyway, that's an, that's an aside there. I mean, anything else from uh, from AW? Um, you wanted the reference, Gareth, um, before we uh, we let you go and we get into the uh, the other stuff? No, I think we've... Uh, I think we've covered a lot other than the uh, 
another beautifully shot Luchasaurus and Christian video. Come on, Christian. <laughs> Christian Craig, I'm on your team now with Christian. Love him. <laughs> I made up his back on telly. I'm glad he didn't go to WWE and didn't do didn't appear at WrestleMania uh, in the brood or something like that. I'm glad he's still knocking around. Uh, yeah, yeah. All that worry about his contract hopefully is uh, is over now. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say for people who uh, who want to hear more of you, Gareth, yeah, here's, here's a plug. Uh, obviously, we did the uh, we did do as you might have heard a little bit of on mm. the uh, on the pre-show the. Uh, the uh, the Macho Man Hogan built uh, Mania Five. The Mega Powers uh, explode. It was uh, it was your brainchild, uh, Gareth. Uh, do you want to give that the uh, the bigger uh, the big plug? That's where people can hear more of Gareth if they want. Patreon.com slash grab. Yeah, you know, obviously we're talking here about a lot of like compelling feuds and things that are like booked well and you know storylines that are told well over a long period of time and things like that. And Mega Powers explode. That'll just always be in my uh, place in my heart forever and ever. It's like the so I was saying on the show, it was like the first big major WWF storyline that when I was first watching WWF that got my teeth into, and it was just great to revisit it and go through the whole uh, steps there from uh, Randy and Hulk getting together before the, the mega powers exploded at WrestleMania 5 and just covering off that sort of year, year and a half of, of that been together. So, uh, yeah, definitely if you're... Um, if you're as old as me, and that's something that you remember, um, remember from back in the day, give it a listen. Definitely a good trip down memory lane there. But if it's a feud that you've never watched for whatever reason, whether it's because you're uh, you're not as old as me, or whether it's because you just think Hulk Hogan's a massive cunt or something like that, <laughs> watch the feud again because then you'll be able to see that Hulk Hogan's an even bigger cunt than you ever thought as well, sort of thing. So uh, there you go. You can revel in our uh, love of uh, love uh, Hulk Hogan on, on that one too. So yeah, defo. Definitely give that even a, Matty's a, defense of him feels forced. Like, <laughs> it's just like, ah, yeah, yeah. Terry wouldn't do that. Terry very much fucking would do that. <laughs> and did. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, yeah, if you want to hear more, Gareth, uh, head over there. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll let you go, Gareth, then, in that case. Have a great night. And, yeah, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll bully you into doing something else uh, again very soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it was good to, good to be uh, back on. I always love, uh, love coming back on and chatting about AW. What I uh, what I definitely don't miss is the um, tri- uh, AAA and Impact pay per view that I would have ordinarily uh, been having to try and squeeze in before this uh, show. Hey, Pete, told me there was a Noah show this weekend. We missed. Well, it. you know, it could have been that which, too. Which, that, which, that, th- 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 thankfully, I've been able to spend that time doing uh, better things with my uh, life. But I'll uh, I'll enjoy Holy listening now. to you. Two. I'll enjoy listening to you two uh, talk about it. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you go and uh, let you get into the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Nice no, mate. Cheers, lads. See you soon. Tidy off our JP, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon. Oh, this extra. So always good to have uh, Gareth back on the on the show. We definitely wanted them to uh, give a fresh take on the uh, on the yeah. AW stuff, which he uh, he definitely did. But yeah, we're not going to outstay our welcome on this. Just a couple of uh, extra bits and uh, odds and sods. Uh, me and you have seen. What did you manage to cram in? I know this is uh, it's unusual for us Ooh. these days. A little uh, a Monday spotlight. There was a lot of uh, a lot of wrestling going on last night. So uh, I spent half my day catching up uh, today on uh, on some of this. Uh, some of very this. much. Thank God I'm in the position where I can actually have a chance to try and watch some of this. So I've seen Impact. I mean, a lot of it I was watching this morning while various other things were like going on, but it was it was on. So I watched that. I've pretty much like I mean I've skipped through tri- Triple Mania because you have to. I should yes. say Triple Triple Mania as I've been being on the hobby horse for that for a while. I did skip through the bits of Noah that I wanted to say uh, wanted to see. 
particularly as sort of like a couple of the top matches on there. I didn't get to see any of the New Japan stuff simply because I was thinking, well, is this not going to be on New Japan Strong in four weeks or so? So there is that point where it's like, I don't know if those shows, if they fit in on a busy week, they're the ones I feel that you're going to miss out on. Yeah, if you're part of the live crowd, you'd enjoy it. So yeah, that's the stuff I've seen. Yeah, and I, I was the same way. I was literally like just fitting stuff in <laughs> today. Yeah. Like I had the AAA show on, but uh, you know, I, I for me the AAA show is like it's about it's the pumpkin circumstances. It's it the, is. it's the big military kind of intro with all of that stuff. It's your main event. It's LA Park, you know, ripping up, ripping up some masks and getting his own mask ripped up, ripped up, and you know, things that turn it into a street fight, random shit on the undercards, and then you go home. Like it gave it gave me what I wanted, but it also was something that I had on, but you know, wasn't exactly uh, the most uh, important thing I had uh, yeah. going on my life while it was going on. It's it's still weird. Why is the three? I don't understand. Um, like I. They, they put this one in a fucking stadium as well, didn't they? Like, it was just like, yeah. it's the weirdest. Like, the opening ceremony with, like, the, the military, like, doing, like, a whole, like, unveiling of the flag. And there was literally planes flying over. Like, they were giving it the full yeah. pass. And it looked like there was no fucker there. They did it on the sides of the stadium, didn't they? Where, don't do this, Tony Khan. They blocked off. So it was just all this, all this pomp and circumstance in front of empty seats. But, I don't know. Wouldn't have it any other way. It's it's triple mania. That's what it's, uh, that's what it's supposed to be. And that's exactly what it is, isn't it? I mean, I'm just trying now to see what the what the crowd was for it. And I mean, I would say they'll end up saying 10,000 regardless. Mm. And towards the end, it looks kind of like slightly bigger and it helps when it gets a bit darker. But mm. the reason why there's three, simply put, they did have big shows, but they just mm. phased them out and decided to call them Triple Mania three times. But they've got three very specific locations. Mexico mm. geographically is big, big country. So you've got Monterey, you've got Tijuana out over via California and then um Mexico City in the mm. fancy arena there as well. So it's just a it's just a marketing tool for that. And the way that they like to do it now is there's stuff that's on here that's building basically to the big and it's the one in August. The mm. one in Mexico City is going to be the big one. But mm. you know you've mentioned you've hit the nail on the head. There's one match that I would say like I kind of watched necessarily properly because I kind of knew what it was and that was the main event, the mega title four way with Vikingo versus Commander Rich Swan and Swerve Strickland in a four-way. Mm. That's like the only match per se of, and it is exactly what you expect it to be. Mm. Loads and loads of quick flippy stuff. Mm. And Vikingo goes over as he should do. Lots of stuff there to to kind of enjoy. You mentioned about Swerve Strickland already. I mean, he looked he looked better in there than me than than Rich Swan. I mean, Commander is getting better, but he's also quite raw. Mm. And the way they're setting up is very much they feel like they're the generational rival. They want Commander to be the generational high flying rival of Vikingo in the same way of psychosis to Ray, like that yeah. kind of deal for it as well. And it's as good a person to go with. And mm. um, I would say, like the rest of it, I don't know if you've got much more to say necessarily about that match. Well, I mean, I, the main event is probably the one to to dig out. Like I say, mm. I. As, as an overall show, like I can literally sum up my thoughts to like two minutes. Like, open was batshit insane. The open was batshit insane. Loved it all, Mil- mil- military and all. Like, they, they, they do the pomp and circumstance. You've got a uh, Mrs. Um, what she called uh, with the uh, Marianne, uh, Pena. <laughs> Mrs. Pena One with the this end. time I noticed. 
Well, but we want to put. I don't know what's. Uh, yeah, she's normally got both, and she's fucking off someone, isn't it? Whether it's Joaquin Roll Dan, whether it's it's Antonio Pena, who can tell? But she does a little wave to the crowd at the start. I enjoyed that. I got to like a little bit of a, a thing, I and love. then like the show starts. And I did. I had the whole thing on. I basically in the end, I had two screens going with the uh, Liverpool game going, which was a bit confusing actually with some of the names of the players and some of the uh, the, the the wrestlers on this show. Uh, but like. There was like a there was a like a moment when the commentary came in and I was kind of enjoying the pomp and circumstance. They I know it's only AAA, so like I'm not doing QA and AAA's audio, but it was really bad. Like the, oh, they had yeah. like the two commentators, like one of whom is Larry Dallas, who's the lead guy, what's his name? Uh, the play by uh, Joe Dabrowski. Dabrowski. He sounded better. He sounded he sounded is there was something just throwing it out there, not that we're fucking audio experts, but he sounded almost like he was in the building. He was at the right level, mm. whereas Larry sounded like he was in a cupboard, turned up three times as loud, and it just it made for an excruciating performance, having like a sound bar on, having it on the big screen. In the end, they had to turn it down, like it was just too much. Um, they never get that right. I know it's a hard thing to do to do remote commentary. I'm not sure why they need to do remote commentary. I don't know. Maybe they, you know it's too expensive to get those lads in the uh, in the country or too much trouble for your biggest show of the year. But yeah, that that really kind of pulled things down a level. Because the other thing is, it's not a great experience because they turn down the loud crowd noise, so you can only just about hear who's over. And then the Hispanic commentary is still being broadcast over the speakers in the arena. So as well as trying to listen to the English commentary, you can hear an undercurrent of the Spanish language commentary as well. It's just... It's it's just an assault on all the senses, mate. It's just not it's not ideal. But it's triple mania, so it's what you get. Um the big stupid cage match was uh was daft, you know. Oh, yeah. People have probably seen the, the best gifts of that. There was some great like camera shots like looking up as as people did their uh, big dives off the uh, off the cage later. The kid had a had a good one in there, Black Taurus look good in there as he as he always does. Back in base. Yeah, it was it was you know what? What you'd expect it to be. A lot of a lot of people climbing a cage for no other reason than to jump off yeah. it. It was fun. Way to open it. Vampiro then turned up for the second match, which was like he was the mystery man to face Chessman, who still does the uh, the Wolfpack Sting outfit. Um, and Vampiro came out himself dressed with the Wolfpack Sting face paint on, which I guess was a way of like insulting Chessman. I don't know. But then Vampiro got in there and he wrestled like he was David Flair. Like it was like. I suppose he can't really bump properly anymore, but he's out there, and it's just like it's like one of those. Remember those matches you used to see on it when the wrestling channel used to run the Memphis stuff, and Corey, whatever his name is, the commentator used to have matches with Coco Beware, and they'd just be out there because Corey didn't know how to work or bump. Macklin, each other, Corey Macklin, they'd just be fighting, and it'd be literally like real punches, and it just felt like something completely different than a wrestling match. That's what this felt like. Vampiro looked like an untrained wrestler in there. No selling stuff and just obviously eventually winning. Um, but like the crowd seemed to enjoy it from what I could see. But Ian's always going to get a payday, isn't he? Um, oh, yeah. There was, uh, there was that. Um, I skipped over the Copa Triple Mania match, whatever the fuck that was. Uh, Alberto <laughs> Albatron turned up on my screen and that made me turn off as well because fuck me, Alberto. Jeans and a fucking trousers. Like he was like, Made no he effort is. whatsoever. Made no effort. Whatsoever. I'm glad he's banished, you know, to 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 work to work in Mexico now, and he doesn't get pushed in a in a major US promotion. But there's always a danger, isn't it? There? There's always yeah. a threat that he's going to come back at some point. But 
Fuck me. Um, the circus the AAA can be is probably the right place for them to be. Uh, Mr. C's and our, and our Hennesses, the, the mass versus match match was all right. Um, yeah, they got, got some enjoyment out of it, but like... Yeah. You know he's winning. Yeah, which is, exactly. Which which of these guys do you know the least? Well, it'd be our, our, our Hennis. So in that case... going to take the money? Who's going to take, gonna take the, the money and lose the mask? And they can do... And he'd already set him up. I mean, I think the nice thing about it is the way though. that he told... When, you know the bit where they always say, oh, this is my name, how long I've been wrestling? And then he just went, fuck you, to the audience. And then just sort of mm. walked off back to there. So you kind of thought, actually, if nothing else, this will work out quite well for him. He'll just sort of be positioned as a as another heel for them to go with. Yeah, J-Pop says in the chat, he works with a woman who's around JP and Benno's age range and she's still a fan of Vampira to this day. To this day, it's going to say, you know, come on. If she was, like, <laughs> to this day, like, I would say for him, I mean, he was there as the kind of, like, the make good for that YouTuber and that whole story about the person not getting through the Monterey Commission and the rest. He so. was the Great Hope Vampira at one point. How did like, he pass the commission? Mm. Hmm? Is that not a thing on there? <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, but, yeah, um, so that was there. There was a tag with uh, that DMT Azul and Blue Demon Jr. against Rush and uh, LA Park. That oh. was your wild drunk lucha brawl. If you watch yeah. these shows for them, this was the one because there was a point during this match where I just lost track of who was on whose team or what the fuck was even going on. They would, like I said, with the early match, just out digging each other. And that's what LA Park does. He gets in there, gets his mask ripped up, beats the shit out of someone, gets the shit beaten out of him, you know. Yeah for using the bottom half of chairs to eat each other over the head and stuff like that. It was a proper lucha drunken ball that you couldn't star rate and say was particularly a good, well-structured match, but I can't say it wasn't enjoyable to watch. Enjoyable to watch. Sorry, JP. Uh, uh, well, they're all playing with fire with this ripping of the masks thing. Because oh, all I'm going to say well, is... Well, it's, it's, basically wasn't on. It end. wasn't on. He was a bloke. When he was talking in there, he was well, a bloke. He's a bloke with a, with a f- fine head of hair for a man his age. One of his yeah. kids got involved as well. And he oh, was, yeah. Um, yeah. He was, I mean, this was fun. I would say of the like kind of nonsense stuff on it. This was definitely a bit more, fu- more fun than the other tag match that's there. Mm. All by the way that they've got rivals tagging with each other and whoever loses then has to face the other losers and the other side. That's why you were fighting. Losers of that. Now. Is it will be mask versus hair in the end? That's of the it. problem when you mute the com- mute the commentary and you don't understand why everyone's fighting each other. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. That's why <laughs> they have a few of these that go around yeah, for it. Yeah. But you've summed it up as well. What do you want to see on this show? Army, empty mm. seats, Ernst, um, Ian, Conan, as we see near the end as well, on there, blood, no selling, you know, and a good main some- event. Yeah, a, a, a good, main, good event. main event. Like, I didn't yeah. really touch on that. I really, like, Vikingo looked, like I said about Speedball Mike Bailey on the Daily Update, and I might say in a minute on Impact, looks still knackered from Mania Weekends. Uncharacteristically yeah. fluffed at least three or four spots on this one. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was, um, you know, Swerve and Rich Swan being out of place, but then again, one of them was with uh, with Commander as well. I, I kind of disagree. I thought Rich Swan fit the match better than Swerve did. I thought Swerve looked uncomfortable. Thought, like, he he'd forgotten how to work this style a little bit. Um, Six-sided rings and stuff he won't have actually that much experience with. Weird stuff. Like he did the dive into the ring and then did the forward roll to do like an elbow or something. It was just like, he's trying to keep up. (laughs) He's trying to pull back to his mid-2000s indie days and be more of a mid-10s indie days and be like more of an indie, you know, flippy guy that he he used to be, whereas now he's more character, isn't he? He's more like grounded heel type of thing. yeah, There's a, there was a fair bit of commander jumping from the second rope, top rope, second rope, top rope, and then jump oh, yeah. across just do an arm drag. 
They still some really do good spots in this. And I love that it all built. The camera didn't catch it, by the way, but it all built to Commander and Vikingo yeah. taking the two gringos out by doing like stereo dives into what looked like Canadian destroyers on destroyers. the other side simultaneously at the same time. They um, missed Vikingos, didn't they? But they caught the, the Commander yeah. one. Which, to be fair, impossible one to shoot unless you literally nah. pull the camera all the way back. They probably could have had a way of production on that one, but it, it felt like cowboys. it was probably a really good spot. And then it meant the Commander and the Kingo just went one on one then for the last stretch of the match, which was the way it should be, and mm. it was a you know a nice finish. The Kingo went over, um, and yeah, enjoyable show. But yeah, Triple H is going to throw in. I got I got everything I wanted out of it. JT, yeah. it wasn't wasted time having it on, but it was an hour on in the background kind of show. If you're uh, if you do, <laughs> you're making some, like a long tea or something this week, folks, or you've uh, you're working at home and you want to throw something on that's a bit wacky that might uh, might catch your attention every now and then. That's Triple Mania for you. Yeah, because you'll watch it occasionally and just go, "What the fuck," and then just mm. kind of move on. Move on with your time. Well, there you go. So that was Triple Mania. Other uh, thing we both watched, uh, I believe, Impact Rebellion. Um, mm. See the, uh, the the meat of this card. Um, I will say it's a card yes. of three halves, three three thirds. And um, there's a first third that was pretty enjoyable on the card. There was a middle third. No, there was an end third. Let's go to that first. That was two very very good main event title matches. Mm. I would highly recommend people watch the last hour of this especially for the women's title match that ended the show and then there was a fucking middle hour where Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer sucked up 45 minutes of airtime to do whatever the fuck they did <laughs> the so crowd weird. loved this oh. I was speaking with WH Park today you can listen to us re- recapping the Mandalorian and talked about it very briefly and he said, well, first up, the venue, because he was there with John Pollock. John Pollock talks about this interview he does, he does with John Ceno as well. He's in Toronto. A lot of their shows are in, are in Ontario. There's a lot of Canadian dates that were announced on this. And he thought, you said about them being Canadian company. Well, they really properly were, mm-hmm. uh, like, at the moment. It looks like a cracking venue, like, for TV purposes. Said that about a 1,000 or so is what like, John Pollock was kind of estimating for it, which is really what they do for pay-per-views if they can like how they'll do on tapings god knows for it as well but um this this match the hardcore war match was the one that was <laughs> the crowd loved as well the tommy dreamer promo at the start of it talking about his his mother and stuff and yeah which I is mean, a shoot, just, by the way. It's why he's taking time yeah. off from the company as well. Like, I fired off a, a mean tweet today about him, and then I deleted it because I was like, well, you know, fair enough. If he's fucking off for that, then I get it. But oh, I, I just, I understand. Bully Ray is one of those, like, workers' workers who, like, you know, this is the job I know. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of Brit Res guys like that, you know, who work like your Alex Shane promotions and, and all that, where it's like, oh, it's not about your moves. It's about, you know, taking the job seriously and, you know, getting it. All, all of that stuff and he like he gets responses out of live crowds but like your mega slam workers i don't want to watch them on tape and i don't want to watch bully ray on tape and it, uh, you're absolutely right he does go out there and gets a you know a, a visceral response from stuff you know the stuff where they were like you know beating up killer kelly for a while got yeah. you know led to the big tommy dreamer entrance and that got you know a big response and stuff like that Yes, it's a live crowd pleaser, but it's a horrendous watch on pay per view. It's just bad wrestling. Um, it's not TV ready wrestling. I don't think it's for it's for a house show. Um, it was just and it was too much. Like I say, the match itself went half an hour. You had on the entrances. You're probably talking forty yeah. minutes. It was just 
Yeah, and, it, and it, I'm glad it feels like it's over. Like a, a feud over busted open radio should That's... be fucking over. Um, but to be honest, Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray, uh, Matty says it all the time. It's been fucking how many years? 30 years. Like, can we yeah. just move on? ECW doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Let's get on with our lives. E- um, but I, I was going to say, actually, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't dwell on it. Let's. No. Unless you've got more, right? Should we talk? One very small thing: the idea of a Killer Kelly, Masha Slamovich kind of side feud to be number one. Yeah, there is is the best, the best kind of thing that you get out of it. Outside of that, I don't. I've seen this match a million and one times. I'm not like if you're there live, like say you're gonna you'd react to it. I didn't react to it, and I've seen a lot of praise for it. I just like I didn't give a shit. Mm. Told, and I also thought would take took away something of the crowd for the last two matches. Which I thought, and I'll say as well, Steve Macklin Kashida, I thought over delivered for for like what that was and what was expected as well. But hmm. um yeah, I think the you know, the two the two main events were actually two two very good matches. Yeah. I mean, we'll start, we'll start with John Parasso and Jordan Grace. Yeah. We went we went off there with that. I mean, both of these were vacant title matches. Um, we've often praised uh, Jordan Grace on this show and the Parato as well. They're the two, definitely the two best uh, workers in the company. And this was the best match I've seen the two of them have together, I would say. Um, I thought this was fantastic. Um, I thought it was a really good main event. I'd go probably 4.25 on it. Um, I thought, yeah, Jordan looks unbelievable at the minute. Like, she's just like... You know, oh. in a positive sense, the size of her, like she is just like she's clearly been in that gym, um, and she was like she was a bodybuilding competition for the week, which she has to like dehydrate and stuff for that as well. So it's like, oh. that makes sense. Yeah, she looked like a million dollars. She looked like a megastar in there. And Diana Parato is just really good. Like she looked really good. Um, you know, her stuff was 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 hitting crisply. She looked good as like an underdog in part of the match, but they felt like equals. They really did. Um, it felt like they were, you know, two big mega stars like yeah. in this company. And it felt like the two like the two end bosses in the company who should be fighting for this title. It's nice that Mickey James gets a, you know, a, a day in the sun kind of, you know, post, you know, bulk of a career runners champion. But these are the women this division should be built around. And I felt like the show that I thought it was it was better than the semi-main event men's match and it was the the right choice. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was definitely the right choice to go on last. And it's the one thing I mean this is the part of the conversation I had with WH today where he was saying to me, he goes, what are the things they do well? The things they tend to do well is the knockouts division. Like at the minute they've got like a very hard working if small roster, and they get the most with what they have. Because you then talk about like the kind of depth there, and you've got Masha Slamovich, who they've built really well, Killer mm. Kelly, who it feels like they're kind of doing something with, and they're kind of like connecting in a way. They've done good stuff with Gazelle Shaw before. I think Kylan King, since she's coming from yeah. AEW, has kind of made a name. Like They book it quite well. That The X Division, they're like the kind of selling points for it. Um, it's interesting with the Jordan Grace news and Fightful have been reporting it that like her contract is effectively up. Oh, so that's um, why Diana went over. And that's um, why she, Diana went over. And it'd be interesting to know what she does. Is she going to take some time out to do perhaps some more bodybuilding and stay kind of within that world? Has she got a contract to come in for someone like an, an AEW? I mean, we talk about like a WWE kind of hiring freeze. Fortunately, Tony might have uh, <laughs> ran over that idea with this booking of uh, of her husband. I don't know if she'd want to. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you know, it's it's not it, is it? Yeah. Uh, 
She'd be I great. She'd be great for the division. You hate to say that. You hate to see sort of something really good happen in another promotion and immediately be like, oh, they should both be in AEW. There's a limit to that. But I think in the AEW women's division is limited. So, yes. Um, and she's a unique figure. Small, incredibly built powerhouse. Like, I mean, we were saying about Layla Hirsch, if you can remember mm-hmm. her from many moons ago. Well, Jordan Grace is like a, a, you know, a much more complete version they can bring in as not being like necessarily like big, big, but can mm. throw people around the place. And, but the problem is, is that if she did come in, she'd just be lost in this middling kind of division that's there that's to either lose to the outcasts or lose to, to Britt Baker or Jamie Hayter. It, it doesn't really go. To give the, maybe give the book to someone else who can maybe give some, well, yeah. some individual people in this division. It's maybe a theme here, isn't it? But I mean, but outside of that, no, I, I love the match. I go four point two five on it. I thought I love the finish. I thought Diana like she fucking killed her with that um yeah running power bomb thing that she does. Like it was it was if you were gonna put away a monster like a Jordan Grace, that was the way to do Queen's it. Queen's Gambit. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it was really, really good. So yeah, really like that as a as a main event. So it was a great way to a statement and you know to do something different and uh, you know something that, that yeah AW haven't done have they? You know main events are a, a pay per view uh, with the women and uh, mm-hmm. and go out that way. And that's not to say the men's you know title matches you rightly say didn't have much going for it. I'm not as harsh on Kashida as maybe <laughs> you can be at times, but he still doesn't like fill me with massive excitement he did feel like an odd choice to be in there steve mackler makes sense because he's there obviously their big project and that's why he went over here and they're clearly leaning into doing something with um nick aldis who's uh phone busting around mm. from uh from stanford at any point uh, since he left the nwa to now which might be why he's back in uh, back in impact but yeah, this felt like a, a match designed to get Steve Macklin over more than anything. And in the end, Kishida was was very good as the other guy in there that at least this live crowd built, uh, sorry, bought could win. Yeah, they did. And I thought they like it was one of the better Kushida matches that I've mm. seen for a while, frankly. I mean, Macklin, there's, there's a lot of things here. Like, I mean, I thought that you had a crowd that had kind of really exerted itself with the match before the Hardcore War. You've got it where really the result wasn't in doubt. Macklin was going to win. He was going to be going over. It was about how good would he look doing it. Yeah. And there's things about him that I like. Don't get me wrong, from a charisma perspective and on the mic and that kind of stuff, there's work to be done and work to go. But this is like a big position for him. And this is what Impact should be doing, is yeah. taking risks with these kind of performers to see how it works because then they build their guys and it's a place where wrestlers know, okay, if I'm releasing one of the major two companies and I feel like I'm kind of haven't really got a home within wrestling, where am I going to go to? That's what impact then becomes. And it becomes a place for lots of like Diona Parazzo leaving NXT to go there and just basically kind of almost settle down the career, get into a regular kind of working pattern and the rest of it. And I think putting it onto Macklin, I mean, the 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 good thing about this is the pickup of Nick Aldis for Impact is very, very good. He was waiting clear it for is, phone yeah. calls from other companies. For them, it's very, very good. Because if you're putting it's him never in... never happening for him, is it? It's just never no, happening. Never happening. It should have. It probably should have by all rights. It should have. Yeah. He looks and behaves and treats wrestling in a way... Like, if you're signing LA Knight, why aren't you signing Nick Aldis? Like, I mean, that's yeah. would be the logic it's for me. the type of guy you like. 
You know, yeah. that's hype Triple H. Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's a work. He's not this great champion, but he works you into thinking he is. <laughs> like, and there's something to be said for that. Like, he projects he, himself he that well. Yeah, just yeah. even the clothes and stuff. But the way he came out, commentary, and he's very, you know, he's good at that. Like he is, he's he's a he's a good commentator, and these are you know generally good commentators. Anyway, he's a good talker. It's a good feud to put Macklin into, where he doesn't feel like he's lost in the shuffle. Where it's actually it's kind of substantial, but at the same time, you'd want Macklin to be going over on it. Depends how long Josh Alexander is out for, and and Alexander all this is where you want to end up with with a lot of this stuff anyway. But I was yeah, I had three point seven five for me. I mean, I, I. I was going in yeah. having very low expectations. I just kind of wanted to see, does Steve Macklin look like someone who could grow into being someone of value for them? World maybe. champion long, long, long term? No. But well, maybe. But you give it a go. You give, you're going to give him a go than Eddie Edwards. Yeah, you can Down that road with all of these people. The person they should be doing it with, as well as Trey Miguel, frankly, mm. who is kind of just in and around the X division on an endless loop and needed to be rotated out there a while ago. Yeah. I mean, I'll say on Steve Macklin, at least I know who he is now. I could probably pick him out yes. in the lineup. So uh, there you go. We made progress there um, on that one. But no, I'm with you. 3.75, decent, but more about establishing Macklin. Um, but yeah, solid enough, uh, you know, 15 odd minute match. I mean, to run through the rest of the card, yeah, you know, like I say, it was a card of kind of three thirds. Thought the opening X Division match was fine. You know, based Austin and, uh, and Chris Bay against the yeah. Machine Guns. Uh, it was an X Division match. Um, uh, there's some clever spots with the Machine Guns trying to take out the legs of, uh, of Austin and Bay and that being kind of a, a through line in the match. It was a clever way of doing it, but, you know, the days of that gimmick being uh, exciting uh, are probably gone. I was going to say, for an Ultimate X match, there wasn't like a lot of people hanging off the X a whole lot and the rest of it. It was just like, work like a match. Mm. Yeah, Good match. made more of a story match, but it was fine. Um, the, 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 I said on the daily update the four on three handicap match with Dirty Dango, Joe Henry, Santina Morella, and uh, against the design who were apparently Callahan, Dina Con, and whoever Angels is. Um, Alan Angels. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, yeah that's that, where that, he is now. Sense. Right. I, I, I skipped it. Um, I just. I had it on. It was like one of them. It was five minutes I in, like and I realized it was playing on my telly. Um, yeah. Some storyline with Dango being in awe of Joe Hendry and and it's all Santina Morella come out and I was like I don't need to watch this or it was on and then it had ended I I, I saw I, I could hear it's like I could hear the Cobra and I thought mm, okay one for the last slide think. yeah uh, um, PCO Eddie Edwards basically had the coffin match the uh, the last rights match uh, 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 <sighs> what you call it match a casket match and um, there was some funny stuff in it with PCO uh, refusing to, you know when they try and shut the lid and he's like like a zombie raising up with like a blood like a bloody corpse coming out it's like there was some fun moments in it but if you've seen one PCO gimmick match you've you've seen them all and I just generally don't have a, a much of an interest in Eddie Edwards so I go 3.25 um, on that one I thought Trey Miguel Jonathan Gresham in it and Mike Bailey was disappointing um, mm. that looked like the pick of the card for me I'd probably give that 3.25 as well. Maybe that's harsh. I uh, don't know if you're higher on it, but I don't know. Like, maybe I'm reading too much and is Mike Bailey still knackered? <laughs> From, I'm sure he's fine. Um, but yeah, it didn't really hit the, you know, they're three of the best in-ring guys in the company and uh, it didn't really feel like it in the match. It just felt like a, a throwaway three-way match. I don't know if you had any uh, yeah. stronger thoughts on those two. It felt like a throwaway three-way match placed within the middle of the card that wasn't mm. given the requisite kind of build and heat and everything else. And, 
yeah, I would say that's the thing. It was, it, it did underperform for me. Mm. And I just didn't feel like, I don't know, it, it felt a bit kind of like old hat almost. And this, mm. I thought to myself, well, you can see Bailey and Gresham kind of negating each other and, you know, Trey Miguel being there as well. Whereas I'd be building up to like Bailey versus Steve Macklin and stuff mm. like that. And that'd be the stuff that you put on to like your smaller shows, your Impact Plus pay-per-views, for example, yeah. rather than the paying shows. So if there's one benefit of it, then maybe you might just take him out of the mix. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, after that, obviously, yeah, we had that hardcore war and then the, uh, the two main events. But I mean, overall, I sound maybe negative on it because of the Bully Ray stuff in the middle. But a worthwhile pay-per-view. I'm glad I basically you know, sat and watched the full thing. I was limited on time today with there being the three major shows last night. But, uh, you know, unlike Triple Mania, there wasn't as much skippable stuff on this one outside of the Bully Ray uh, stuff really it was uh it was a good it was a well-built good top to bottom card with two big matches with deliver i don't know if you can really ask much more um from impact on that one so i definitely have it in the thumbs up column as far as um these impact reviews go for the last yeah. period yeah i would do and i think i think it's a i think it's a lot of fun we're going on from there. We're doing this in, in record time, JP. The last thing mm. to, uh, to cover. Um, also last night, um, New Japan, um, they need to co- coordinate these uh, these companies. Uh, the, the second of their uh, two US shows uh, over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Biggest uh, headline coming out of it, I've not seen it yet, is uh, is Aussie Open um, winning the uh, the strong tag team titles, as we thought they might, JP. Um, like They're now the double champions in, uh, in New Japan, cut a promo, call themselves the, uh, the best tag team in wrestling surely heading towards something with FTR um a forbidden door and them and it's it's yeah good to see like I think it's I think Tony Khan taking a liking to them has probably helped them get to this position. Obviously Osprey's helped them get to this position as well but overall yeah very uh a positive uh new story coming out of the, the new Japan weekend that I don't know there's a couple of uh, more negative stories we can uh, we can talk about as well. These I shows do want to mention Noah as well. Oh, yeah, no, it's well, very, I, I, very, very briefly. But I would yeah. say, yeah, them winning the strong tag team titles, that's good. It's a much better fit for them mm. to be. They, they, it seems like they're very much all in on them. Mm. I kind of almost expect them to be holding these titles for the guts mm. of the year. They might have the yeah. odds kind of transitional team come in there in a feud and they'll do a swaparoo with it, but they'll be around that title mix for the, mm. the guts of a year, which is great. And it's a very much a big shot on the arm that their tag team has, has certainly needed. The reason I didn't watch these shows, as we've mentioned it before, is well, this becomes New Japan strong, so it becomes out on the weekly basis. How much stuff? Idea, yeah. It's it's nice. Would I like to go to it? Sure. Am I excited to watch them? Not really. Will I pay for them? No. Well, the like, two, it, did two twelve or or so match cards over a weekend. That obviously, like you say, are going to get broken up into weekly TV, but they also sold them as pay per views. But I think that kind of lessens the impact of you know the the, the Mercedes New Japan Strong pay per view that recently happened. You know, like there's, I suppose that one wasn't strong. It's weird the whole New Japan US thing, but like mm. I don't know, it kind of lessens the impact of like the big New Japan US pay per views to do it in that. That and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't read like great watching really as far as like the sheer amount of stuff you know they had happening on these cards. You know, Sonata in the mid card as well because he just won the title in in throwaway tags. It was just a lot yeah. of it read like a lot of throwaway stuff. The only other thing I want to see from the show, Tom Lawler and Zack Saber Jr. Because yep. uh, Zack Saber put a Tom Lawler's tooth through his own cheek. So I mean that 
definitely uh, spiked my interest. But for me, the reason I bring it up for New Japan, it was more than news stories coming out of New Japan mm. this weekend. Obviously, Mercedes Monet uh, apparently is a uh, the headline is renegotiating a contract with New Japan, and then you click the link on it on FOW, and it's for one more match. Um, <laughs> so I think that's confirmed. She's not she's not around for the long haul here, and we should probably expected to dr- drop the belt at the weekend would you think jp on the uh, on the stardom show uh, even if there I is one extra so. date added on i would be surprised that. she's treating it like a not even a gap year it's like a summer abroad in it <laughs> that's all, yeah. all it has isn't it and then she mm. seems to be like kind of i i get why like in and the one more match, I don't know who quite that would be. I'm assuming that would be a Dominion. So is it going to be a match with her and, say, a Julia? Does she want to wrestle Julia at this point in time? Is she going to – she'll have to lose that. I mean, I would have her losing to Kairi, uh, to Mayu Watani at the big stardom show at the, that we'll be previewing the weekend on the on the weekend preview show. So mm. you'd hope that would be the case. It's been a weird experiment, really. Yeah. And I can't Maybe say – Maybe all good as well. I mean, maybe there's something to be said mm. for that. You know, less is more, but yeah. From a financial perspective, we won't know. The interesting thing is, what will it mean? Because this is a pay-per-view that can be bought in the UK as well for stardom. Mm. This is right. a, this is the thing that you want. It kind of what bit effect will it have on, stardom's, on stardom's business? Um, no, no, no. It has to be done through Stardom World. And I think there's like oh, right. various kind of pay-per-view company that has to be done for it. It's... Yeah, we'll figure it's that out. Expensive, it's like forty odd dollars as well, but there will be some people who pay it. Fucking hell! And the other New Japan Mandalorian helps as well. <laughs> the other New Japan story. I mean, I think this is a non-story. I don't know when you the uh, the Will Ospreay video he put uh, he filmed in his car today, um, saying <laughs> that he's medically cleared, hence why he's been booked for one PW to face Bobby Fish <laughs> later this month. Um, but he, it, it was one of those Osprey, you know. I don't know how long my body's going to hold up, you know, things are here and I can't do the moves I used to do type of thing. I mean, is this just not Will Ospreay like he does this every now and then? Uh, you're going to see him. The next time you see him, he's going to be doing daft shit and landing on his head in here. It's Will Ospreay. He's not going to be able to help himself. I don't think it's any kind of revelation or anything to even necessarily be worried about. I mean, I, I just more think he should probably, if I had any, you know, any thought on it was that, probably his days in New Japan should be numbered because like how many more G1s can you can you do when I mean to be fair it's not even like you know people are trying to lecture like oh you know that's what happens when you act this style type of thing but I mean he has been a pro for like 12 years like it's like it's longer than Steve Austin's career you know when you think about it but you would like it to see it go on longer and I think for it to go on longer I think he probably needs to get over the uh, the idea of not living in America if that's the uh, the true reason and an AEW or even dare I say a WWE, probably more AEW would be better suited for him, at least for his body. You know, not having to do another G1 would probably be good for the health yeah. of the Osprey going forward. And I reckon an AEW schedule will be much uh, much lighter on him, um, dependent on, you know, obviously how Tony Khan would actually book him or figure him into things. But yeah, that, that's my only thought on that, really. I don't think he's retiring tomorrow. I think it was just Will Ospreay feeling a bit sorry yeah. for himself and said some things into a into a phone that he shouldn't have. Does that sound like Will Ospreay? Yes. That sounds pretty much how I read it as well. I thought I won't read anything into it. It's wrestler talks in the face. It's like wrestlers doing interviews. I just sort of mm-hmm. like almost black it out what they say. So, yeah. yeah. Is he hurting? Of course. Would I be expecting him to write, retire? No, God, no. Like, he, this is he's someone who's going to be doing this for a lot longer, and we'll talk about how long he's been doing it for at the time and how he needs to tone thing down and the rest of it. But that's an age-old debate 
look, I'm not his dad at the end nah. of the day. Um, but, <laughs> so that's kind of your New Japan roundup. But yeah, did you want to say before we, we go, you said mm. you some Noah as well, did you? I did, and shame on me for not putting this on the 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 pre uh, on the uh, weekend preview show. But it was Green Journey and Sendai. Of course, nope, not weed related. Um, you know why they talk about journeys and voyages a lot? Do you know that? Why Noah do it? Do you have any idea? Weed? Do the arc, mate. Do the arc. Noah's arc. Masao like to smoke, or <laughs> might be loving that. If he's just like giving a. Big pre-match promo, and you can see Kabashi stood there where it's like Masao was just skinning up at the same time, just going, shit out of him. Now, leave me alone, lads. It's Bifter o'clock. Um, well, I saw I had this on again as well for this because there are bits of these Noah shows which didn't look like in front of a big crowd at all. Like, I think it was like a fifth full and, and the rest of it. But it had, like, Saxon Huxley is going to be teaming up with Tim Thatcher to challenge for the Noah tag titles. And you're like, that's a bit fucking mental. Mm-hmm. They've got all of like, all of these like kind of really quite straight. There's a guy called Sean legacy that they mm-hmm. brought over as well. Who looked like an absolute bloody unit. You just think I've never heard of this guy. They had a lucha match that was on there. They had a women's match actually from Tokyo Joshi Pro, which is like, okay, that's interesting from a business perspective that they're very much following what, you know, Bushiroad are doing with Stardom and New Japan in there as well. They changed the tag belts. Why? Because they do. The junior tag belts they changed. Why? Because they do. The national <laughs> title, which was Jack Morris versus um, El Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr., which he lost. And I thought he was going to win. And it was a fucking long match as well. Um and I thought Jack Morris would go over, but no, I absolutely love. It. And the weird thing is, why isn't El Hio the Doctor Wayne Junior ever on a AAA show? You think he would be? Yeah, not that great. many of these lads about, but he's generally over over there in Noah on every tour. They change the Junior Heavyweight Title. Why? Because they do that. Because it's a Junior Belt in Noah, and they don't give a shit. And in the main event, you're Jake Lee versus Katsuhiko Nakajima, which actually I thought this was a good match. It's one of the ones I've kind of rushed in. It was good because Nakajima was in shit-kicking mode. Um, Jake Lee's finisher is like a like running boot, which you probably think that sounds terrible, but Nakajima took a cracking bump off it as well. There were points where they you know, beat the shit out of each other. It's a Jake Lee match, so sometimes they can get a bit, can get a bit dull. But I'd go four stars on it. I thought it was like a very good settling and title defence. Then Marafuji came out, challenged him for it. Um, what I would know is distinct lack of lads over 50. So if that's what <laughs> floats your boat with Noah, hmm, I don't know. It seems to be changing up a bit. How was it? It was it was a middling Noah show and the, the people they're bringing into the scene are wacky and watching Saxon Huxley do just a shit Bruiser Brody impression is always a bit depressing. <laughs> there you go. There's your Noah report. Good <laughs> Gareth Fuming that he did there. Stick yeah. around. Uh, As my voice is out. ready to give out here as well. Remember when Gareth loved Noah for about three months? Oh, it's good yeah, for all of us. fling he had with it. Uh, well, there you go. There's your, your roundup of the rest of us. We did it just over half an hour. I would, uh, I would say, JP, uh, anything else you want to reference before we go? No, I think that's pretty much it. There's stuff that we, if we don't reference on here, you know, go to patreon.com forward slash grapple. We'll be on the weekend show. We do a kind of news update as well for that. And we've also got our daily news updates in the meantime. And Definitely, also, yeah. obviously, to mention that we're going to be having our um, Mega Powers show. Yeah. Um, Should be up Wednesday Mega morning. Explosion. 
Yeah, up, for up on Wednesday, so spot on. Oh yeah, okay. Go Shiyazaki did return. A lot of people thought he was going to retire, but he's become <laughs> May fourth on the Patreon. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to be on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, he's no. giving up wrestling for wrestling now. He's going to be like, I am Grapple is what his T-shirt's going to say. <laughs> but it's good for uh, him because I thought, like, you know, you wondered genuinely if he was going to have to retire because he looked fucked mm. when he last had to give up for a bit. Well, yeah. So, yeah, over on the uh, the Patreon, you get more stuff uh, like that. Like I say, the Mega Powers uh, show weekend show on uh, on Friday, and also, yeah, if you uh, you, you want to see us uh, live in video, Patreon is the place for it. But uh, for a sneak preview of that, uh, we have been starting to throw some uh, some little clips to uh, I don't know, whet your appetite over on the on the YouTube. So, if you don't already, head over to uh, the Grapple YouTube and uh, subscribe over there for the uh, my current pride of my life, which is my uh, my fun clip bait thumbnails. So, go uh, check that out over there. There's all the core one with Tony Khan in front of Wembley with money raining down on Wembley. I feel like that's my finest way. I love this shit, mate. Fucking veins. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, um, that's uh, that's it as far as uh, the main show goes. We're going to uh, chat to our patrons for another five ten minutes and uh, sort out what we're calling the show, what the images are going to be. But in the meantime, for those of you uh, listening on the free feed and the uh, regular spotlight, thanks for listening. We will catch you again next week. See you, Rob. Bye. of like backstage disagreements and stuff like that where it's like there's going to be 47 sides for every story like I used to like that when I was doing some GPW like but like I remember being backstage there but like putting it together being like if Dave Meltzer wants to write a story about like a disagreement I just saw two people have like it's like somebody writing it about your work you know what I mean Sheila and accountant's got to have one version of the story their mates are going to think one thing someone else is going to think another thing and it's like because like the story could be so different you could emphasise different things de-emphasise different things make things out to be like bigger than they were like we forget that it's real people in like an office essentially it's so right it's like when someone doesn't make somebody a brew when it's their round at work or something like that and it's just because they're yeah. in a meeting room or something and they just forget and like that could just be blowing up or like oh there's like the heat going on there Dave didn't make John a brew like <laughs> <laughs> people are just people aren't they humans are going to do that we're going to uh, tell a story that makes them look the best exactly just uh, lean on the right side of things so, so we're talking about CM Punk then today <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're leading into it we'll wait for JP <laughs>